guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Um, I got a lot of stuff to do today, and I gotta get in here, and I gotta record this shit, man. I gotta do it. But, before I, and I have a lot of notes today, too, so I think it's gonna be, I, I'm, I have a feeling I'm gonna be here for a minute. But, um, before I do that, I want to announce <laughs> that complaining works. Complaining works. Bitching and complaining works, Okay. Because I, in the last two podcast episodes, the last bonus feed from last week, which I did, girl, I don't remember what I did. I did something. And then, oh, it was Married to Medicine. That one, I did it with Kara. And then I did uh, the Backstreet Boys documentary on the Backstreet Boys promo video. <laughs> I mean, they're all, a lot of them are just promo videos, but this one really was with David on the main feed and it came out last Sunday. I was talking about a big problem I had and that is that I was patiently waiting for some BTS uh, pop figurines, right? To come on sale. I ordered them, very excited, ordered them. Oh, I got the email. I was like, oh. Gonna order them right now because we know we know how army is. We know how what they do. We know they sell it out. So I I ordered. I tried to. I you know I put everybody in my cart. And then when I went to go get Jen, who is my bias, love him, would die for him. Started off ironically, became real, and that's a lesson, isn't that? That's a lesson. So um, when I go to pick Jen, it says sold out. No, it didn't say so. It says coming soon. And I was like, when's he coming? All the rest of them are here. So, you know, I ordered my six and I said, you know, I'll just keep waiting. And I get a notification at 2.48 in the morning that Jen is now ready to be bought. Now, I wake up at 5 a.m. You know, I, I, I'm i on the toilet looking at my phone. Is that sanitary? No, no. But it's my truth. I'm on the toilet looking at my phone and I see that it's, you know, it's 5 a.m. Uh, Jen became available at 2.48 a.m. And I say, you know what? Let me go ahead and buy him. That's weird. That he took a long time and he is my bias and everything. And yes, yes, yes. I have another Jen Pop figurine. Right. But I wanted all of seven boys from Butter, which is a very good video, a very good song. Don't pay attention to lyrics. It's an English language one. This is why I don't like listening to K-pop uh, music when they sing in English because suddenly it's very clear that they are saying some dumb things. Fine, but it's still a good song. Smooth like butter, like a criminal on the cover. Let me stop. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, let me go buy it. I click on it, the bitch is sold out. Sold out. In two hours and 12 minutes. And this is why I hate capitalism. So, <laughs> so, but, you know, I was feeling sad. I've got a couple of suggestions to like, you know, look around. Cause they, you know, they sell pops at Target and GameStop and various other places. A lot of people have said that. And I, and I do, whenever I go in places like that, I just kind of look and see what they have. I have this thing where I don't buy white pop figures because I figure Everybody else buys them. And also I had to put some kind of filter on what I was going to buy or else I would buy too many. So there are no white faces in my little, in my little display. And like I, but so when I go to like GameStop or even 7-Eleven, I'll look and if I see a, 
uh, a non-white one, I'll be like, do I have that one? And I'll look and see if I want them. That's why I brought that up. So, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously going to look around because, um, whenever I can, because, you know, it's feels weird to have six of the boys and not all seven. And then I just randomly, I guess I was complaining about it. You know, I, I, by the way, I've been complaining about it. It'll never be said that princess was upset and you didn't know anything about it. You knew about it. She was talking about it. Her, she don't have no fucking poker face. Her face says every fucking thing when she, when she hates you and when she upset, when she's surprised, when she's caught all over here, all in the face, all in the face. And then the mouth never stops, never stops. So I complained about it on the podcast twice. I complained about it to my husband. I complained about it to, uh, my coworkers. And while I was complaining about it to my coworkers, I went to go show them and it said, add to cart under Jane. And I was like, wait a second, that's new. So I add to cart. And normally I don't like to buy pop figures unless I'm buying at least four or five of them. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I just bought one. I just got one. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I was just going to buy one. But then I saw they had um, Mirabelle from Encanto. And I already have Antonio. They have Mirabelle, Julieta, and... Uh, abuela but you know i don't you know i don't get down with abuela but i bought her anyway okay you know i don't get down with her mirabelle may have forgiven her but i don't i don't forgive her people don't change overnight okay she out here talking to a candle and and uh put bruno was in the fucking walls your son's in the walls baby and he didn't do shit all he did was tell y'all the truth Y'all mad at him because he's telling you the bad news that's going to come? He doesn't make it. And so, y'all, then you over here bullying Mirabelle her entire life. Maybe not her entire life, just when she didn't get her power. And Julieta, you need to take a look in the mirror, too. The, uh, it's up to you to stop your mama from talking to Mirabelle like that. Mirabelle was a lovely little girl, a light of the family, and y'all all treated her like she was dirt. Mostly abuela. And the truth is, I'll keep... You know, I said I had to get started, but I'm, I'm going to finish this because I've talked about this before and I need to make sure you guys know this. Um, <clears throat> We don't know shit about what happened to Abuelo, Abuelo. We don't know shit about that, okay? All we know is what Abuela told us, all right? Okay? And she talking about he got, he got run down by them people that was doing the bad stuff. Somebody explain what it was likely that they were running from, like what disruption, what um thing happened. But... You know, it's in Colombia. They're not quite, obviously nobody's quite sure because it's not based on a story, but they, they given like, like, like a suggestion of what it was that, that they were running from. But that's what she said happened. Okay. All I know is the both of y'all left and only one of y'all showed up. That's interesting. And here's another thing. Just to put this in your mind, just to put this out here to you. Okay. That candle is suspect, all right? And I hate to be all Salem witch trials here, okay? All right? But I need to let y'all know that the devil gives gifts too. He does, he does. The trickster, he, he loves to give you a gift, okay? And so sometimes you think you got a gift from God, 
but it came from the devil. And I just want to know, was there a talking goat there? Was that, was that a part of it? Cause that might be a sign. Was there like a ring of fire? It's interesting. That's a candle. It's interesting. Was there a ring of fire? Because I don't know. I don't, I'll just put it out there. I think Abuela might've made a deal with the devil to get some powers. And, um, she was trying to save her deal with the devil. And in return, she was bullying Mirabelle. I still bought her. <laughs> I still bought her. Um, I'm going to separate her from the other ones because I don't trust her. I don't know what's going on. I think that you've been a bad mother and a bad grandmother. Isabel didn't want to marry him. Didn't want to marry that dude. She didn't want to. You want, like, but why are you trying so hard to get Isabel to marry him when y'all got the big dicks in the village? Y'all got all the powers and stuff. He should be trying to get into your family. Not you get into his family. This don't even make no sense. And you, then you told everybody Mirabelle was drunk when she first started seeing the cracks in the foundation. She tried to tell y'all. And then you're going to turn to everybody else and be like, well, the drinks are strong. Are you implying that Mirabelle's drunk? I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like perhaps there should have been a scene where Abuela goes in her room and takes off that wig. And then we see that she got two little pointy horns on the top. That's what we should. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> Jen's on the way. I haven't even opened the boys. The boys, the other boys are in their box along with many other packages that I have not opened because I don't need them yet. And they're like Christmas things and stuff. Um, there they go. And I haven't opened them. And I'm not going to open them until Jen gets here. Okay? They need their hung. Am I saying that right? I mostly do K-pop visually, not verbally, not auditorially. Um, I don't, I think the word is hung. Um, so they need him. He's going to get here. He's bringing Ma um, Mirabelle and um, Abuela and Julieta. Uh, now, I would love to get a Luisa. I'm pretty sure if I'm I'm worthless, if I'm not a service, I, I feel it. I feel it, Luisa. I love to welcome you to the home. Isabel, fine. And yeah, that, let's see when we get to the other, the, the other uh, Magic Gals. Oh, what's her name? What's her name? The Afro-Latina one that hears everything and does a little dance. And we don't talk about Bruno. Although we need to, need to Dolores, Dolores, we need to talk about, uh, we are going to talk about Bruno. And let's talk about the fact that you heard Bruno in the fucking walls for what appears to be years and never said, hey guys, y'all hear Bruno? Bruno's up in there. He's talking to a rat right now. Girl. And that would have never happened with me. I would have been like, I would have been right at the table talking about pass me, pass me the chicken. And also y'all Bruno in there talking about us. I can hear him. He's right over there. I think he's right behind you, Abuela. And he's peeking. Through. Are those eyes? Those are eyes peeping through those, through those holes, right? That's Bruno, guys. That's Bruno. That's what I would do. Actually, if I had to get any of those powers, that's the one I want. Because I want to fucking know. Tell me what that happened. I had everybody's secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she could hear Luisa's eye twitching at night. You couldn't hear Bruno in the wall, not right next to you? Come on, Dolores. But I'd like to have her as well. But, you know, we'll see. Okay, so 
now that I've wasted a good 12 minutes talking, I just wanted to update you guys because I know I was in distress. <laughs> and I've been telling everybody, so now I got to go back on a new tour of telling everybody that it's been solved so that people can calm down because I know they were worried for me. And also to remind you that complaining works. Anytime I started complaining about something, the solution just showed up. So try complaining about it a little bit. <laughs> Guys, today we are doing another sponsored episode. I'm burning them off. By the end of the year, you will have, I will have finished all of the sponsored episodes, and I'm very excited for that because some of these are really cool things I wanted to talk about. Mandy sponsored today's episode. Again, a sponsored episode is just one in which someone um, pitched it to me and then paid me $20 to help move the show along. You can do that by emailing me at hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com or messaging me at Patreon. Uh, so yeah, today Mandy asked me to talk about a delightful movie. Oh, delightful. All right. You're doing a little too much for us. You already started too much. You did too much. It's called Acrimony. Acrimony is a 2018, uh, movie by Tyler Perry, um, starring Taraji P. Henson. I have seen Acrimony before I did this episode because I knew it was bad shit, okay? I knew it was. Uh, or as my mama would say, crazy is some cat shit. <laughs> I don't know why it's cat shit crazy. I wonder what's in it. And so, so um, but to be honest, I'm not Tyler Perry's uh, target audience. I'm black, but I ain't that black, okay? And... Um, I'm just not churchy enough for something like that. A lot of the stuff I say about Christianity is stuff I overheard. Like, I'm just not a churchy person. And when, when I was, my parents were heathens. Um, they're all churchy now, but they were heathens when I was younger. And then when we did go, they would leave early, come late, leave early. We go get uh, these uh, cinnamon and raisin biscuits from Hardee's. That's the only reason I was in the car because we we're going to stop there. And then a lot of times we stopped at Church's Chicken on the way back. Church's Chicken. And in fact, when I was much younger, I thought that you went to Church's Chicken after church. And they only serve people after church because that's the only time we went. And uh, they knew that uh, they could serve you because you were wearing your church clothes. I, I remember expressing that and like explaining that to my mother. And she, her being like, eh, wrong. And I'm like... No, no, no. I've I've done the research. I know this is what this is the truth. Why would it be called churches? Actually, remembering that I need to remember. Bunny often comes to me with something that's like way wrong, and when I tell her it's wrong, she gets uh, she'll be like, "No, it's right. It is. It has to be." And I have to remember that I used to do that shit all the time to my mom. I'd be like, mm-hmm. "I'd make something up. I get the clues." read them wrong, make something up, tell my mom. And she'd be like, you're wrong. And I'd be like, oh, she's a hater. So <laughs> I need to remember. Anyway, um, uh, but Tyler Perry's audience is churchy. All right. He started off doing church plays and doing the church, doing the chitlin circuit, taking church plays all around, you know? So I'm not his target audience, but I have had my hair braided. I have, uh, gotten my hair done in someone's home before and they always put on a movie even the last time I got my hair done was when I when I was getting my locks maintenance and I will never do that again by the way uh no one else will ever touch my hair again I'll talk about that when I talk about my treat yourself year that I've that I had 
Um, not all of it was treats. Some of it was tricks. And I watched the movies and one of them, I believe, was Acrimony. And you know, what you watch in a barbershop, oh, that's another thing. I take my boys to the barbershop. There's always movies on. What you watch in a barbershop or in a, in, uh, while you're sitting in a chair while somebody's braiding your hair in their living room and their kids are running around and they're cooking chicken and beating kids and braiding your hair at the same time. Um, <laughs> what you watch there doesn't count. It doesn't count. They put whatever on there. I bring a book, so I don't care. But it's sales. <laughs> they, um... They usually put something on. And that's where I've seen Tyler Perry stuff. Because for the most part, I'm not his target audience. Um, <sighs> Tyler Perry. I don't know. He comes from his own perspective. All his stuff is Southern. All his stuff is uh, very Christianity-based. All of his stuff is... Um, I'm not... like That's not... There's nothing wrong with that. He's writing who he is. And that's really... That's actually what you should do. You should write. It's not exactly right what you know, but you should write from your own perspective. And he does that. But the other thing is, is that he needs a writer's room. He's written all these movies and TV shows and things on his own. He, uh, I'm not calling him cheap. He does pay people. Not when it comes to the wigs, but he pays people. And he is someone, I mean, didn't he let Meghan and Harry stay in the house when the queen kicked him out the, of England? I don't know what fucking happened. I don't fucking know. But didn't he do that? Yeah, he did that. And, like, he's always donating money. He's always paying for things. He's He's got his own studios and things like that. Like, it's not that he's cheap. It's I think it's a control thing. And I think he doesn't like to disagree with people, people disagreeing with him when he's writing. But he needs a writer's room. Because um, although I enjoy that these things are... Hmm, that these things are... Uh, written from an authentic perspective. They're black as fuck. Uh, for some people, they resonate very much. Uh, the writing is not always good. And that's the truth. And acrimony is probably one... Acrimony is probably the most obviously, like, badly written one. But that's fine. I'm actually really excited that Mandy uh, sponsored this episode because I love talking about bad movies. I love it. And much like... Um, the face or what was it called? The girl with the face? Whatever the one I just did with Yasmin Belief not too long ago. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Okay. Uh, I will say this. This movie's two hours long. It should have been one hour. It should have been, it should have been, actually it should have, it should they should have cut an hour and 15 minutes of it. This should have been the episode of Snapped. Okay. We didn't need two hours of this. We didn't need two hours of this. Not at all. Okay. Also, Taraji P. Henson is an around-the-way girl, which, you know, I always enjoy. But Taraji P. Henson, I mean, she's she's black famous. I mean, I guess she's, I guess white people know who she is. They watched, uh, fuck, what was she in? Benjamin Button. They watched, uh, I know y'all watched uh, Hustle and Flow. Because a lot of white people... I, there was a time when y'all was talking about whooping that trick all the time. I know. I know y'all saw it. I saw Hustle and Flow in the theater. And uh, somebody had brought like a ton of fucking kids. There's actually a lot of kids in that theater. Little kids. And they was like, whoop that trick. Whoop that trick. And I'm, like, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't. Maybe look at your parenting plan. Maybe look at that. Um, 
she's worked, she was on Empire when Empire was big for quite a bit. I don't know how well written it was, but it was big. But, and, um, she, oh, she was most notably in Baby Boy. That hard, that's a John Singleton film. That horrible, horrible, horrible story. That people, people think that's love. Um, but, and I also read Taraji's book and mostly I read it for history. Cause like I said, I just, I just gave you some of the, Taraji's been in a lot of shit. Taraji is like, you know, black Hollywood famous. And, uh, I was really interested in her stories, but reading her book really clear, well, listening to her book really clarified to me, um, her stance on a lot of things. And the fact that she wants to work with Terrence Howard over and over again. In fact, she told Lee Daniels, at least that's what she's saying in promo. You know, when they do the promotional stuff, they say all kinds of shit that didn't really fucking happen. But and she told Lee Daniels that um, she didn't want to do Empire if Terrence Howard wasn't going to be in it. Terrence Howard is a known woman beater. Google it. Terrence Howard has been arrested so many fucking times for domestic violence. I believe the last time I looked, it was like seven mugshots. It was a lot. It might be more than that. Terrence Howard has a very interesting story. Um, the reason I find it interesting is because uh, it mirrors some of my grandparents' story about um, one of my grandparents could pass for white. And, uh, did. And sometimes, I mean, he did marry a dark-skinned woman, but, um, he would often pass for white. And Terrence Howard's father, um, actually Terrence Howard and my, my own father, uh, have similar racial ambiguousness, except my father doesn't have blue eyes. But does Terrence have blue eyes? It's either blue or it's either blue or green. He has light eyes. But um Terrence Howard's father was like murdered in like a hate crime. Uh I believe and I could be making this up, but I what I remember him saying in interviews cuz he was passing. Um but Terrence Howard is not a great person, okay? Terrence Howard beats women. That's what he does. And and maybe if he had one mugshot, maybe there was some story. Maybe if he had two mug shots and uh, he, the, him and that wife broke up and, and it never happened. And I could, well, I wouldn't say, but I I could see people saying that like, hey, you know, they had a volatile relationship. They were physically abusive. He was physically abusive in that relationship. It was a bad relationship. They got out of it. And uh, he's regretful of his behavior. And it's with different women and it's multiple, multiple. Um... And Taraji P. Henson goes up for Terrence Howder. And a couple, she, she's been on the wrong side of history for a lot, especially to defending black men. I don't know what R, what she thinks about R. Kelly, but I don't want her to tell me. I don't want her to tell me because she done told me some other things she thought and I don't want to hear what she think no more. But back to what I was trying to say. Another, mm, this is a little side, another cute story that I my father just told me is that my grandmother, the one that I'm named after, used to work in a department store 
pushing the elevator button. Like she worked the elevator. She would, people would get in and the white people didn't want to touch the elevator. Or it wasn't just white people, it was rich people too. They, they, they weren't supposed to have to touch things like that. And so she would say, what floor? And then she'd press the button and take them to that floor. And she met my white passing grandfather in that elevator, pushing buttons. Um, and I don't know what happened then. He was like, I'm really black. <laughs> I actually don't know what happened. <laughs> but but uh, I'll talk to my dad more about it. I don't get uh, my biological father. I don't get a lot of stories. He doesn't like to tell me stories um, because... Uh, his father died very early. His mother died of a brain aneurysm when he was in high school. Uh, it broke up his family. His sister went to foster care. His brother was already in the army and he just stayed home. His brother sent money home and he just stayed home and kept going to school until someone told him, I guess they told him, I'm sure he'd listen. uh, My biological father is in prison for many things, many, many things, uh, that are, you know, that I don't want to talk about on this podcast. Maybe one day, but I don't want to talk about. But um, he, I don't think of him as a saint at all. I'm pretty sure he's guilty. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, and and just hearing stories from my mom about when we were together, I just, I just know he's a very flawed man. So I'm, and also at the time he was a teenager, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing things that made it clear he didn't have any, uh, no one was at home. And he got around the school. It was finally somebody that he was calling the principal office and they told him he could not come to school because he didn't have an adult to enroll him in school. And he was like, I'm already enrolled in school. And he's like, and they're like, no, you haven't had an adult. And he had no adult supervision. And so they kicked him out of school and he just went home. And when his brother got home from the army, uh, like, I, I don't think he left the army. He just got home on like a leave or something he was going to walk him back up to the school and enroll him. And my dad said, shit, if you can enroll me in school, you can enroll me in the army. And instead they went down to the recruiter's office and he signed him up for the army. And he was, that's how he got an army when he was 17. Um, he didn't stay there that long. Uh, so those like, I find these stories interesting. I'd like to hear more of them because I know very much a lot about my mother's family. Um, and, but my biological father doesn't like to tell me things because everything he tells me is over. Uh, you have a collect call from name of the institution. And then, like, you, like, so he doesn't like to, he, uh, he doesn't like to talk about things like that. And he also has a lot of trauma from it. The only reason he married my mother was the was to, they, they met my mother run away from home for the 50th time. My mom used to love to run away from home. She'd run away from home. I don't even know if she was running away. She just wouldn't come back home. She'd go to school. She'd be at her friend's house. She just wouldn't go home. They, her father would go up to the school and be like, ha ha. And she'd be like, damn. She kept getting caught. She'd go to school. My mother was off and about. And they met walking dogs and he, let me take that back. He did want to marry my mother. My mother is 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 a love of his fucking life. But he wouldn't have like gotten with her and married her and had a baby so quickly if he wasn't trying to like uh to get his sister out of foster care with a relative. He was trying to show like um stability. And and while his brother could have could have had him when he was 
when he when he was underage, they weren't gonna let them have their sister. So that's that's the real reason. And at this point, his brother had gotten into drugs and was uh, heavy in the heroin and uh, essentially homeless. And this is why the entire time my parents were married, uh, my uncle Bob would show up and uh, to visit, smoke some weed, maybe do some drinking and fall asleep on the couch. And then he just lived with them and they would move. And then after a little while, he'd show up one day when they were like having a good time. And mom would be like, ah, don't let him fall asleep here. But he fall asleep there and he lived with them. And, and this is this incident. And you know, my father had all this guilt and everything. This incident is what caused my uncle uh, and my mother to get into a fight and he pushed her down a flight of stairs when she was pregnant with me. Uh, I, let me take that back. He didn't mortal combat her. He did not. He, this wasn't 300. He didn't go, this is Sparta and kick her down the stairs. But they were arguing. And because they were arguing and they were pushing each other, he pushed her and she fell down the stairs. And that's that's like, that's the truth. I don't want to make it seem like he 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 bounced her down the stairs like a bowl like a fucking beach ball because he wanted to. It, they were arguing, and he was high, <laughs> and I'm sure my mom was high too. My mom definitely smoked weed when she was pregnant with me, and so so she probably drank too. And so, um, at least in the first part, I'm I'm she didn't know she was pregnant right away, um, but I know she probably smoked weed when she was pregnant with me. I don't know if she'd admit that now, but um. She had to go to the hospital, and they're like, oh, maybe something's wrong with the baby. And guess what? I'm still here. That's right, baby. That's right. That's right. I'm unfucking defeated. Everything that tried to get me, every fucking thing that tried to get me in all my life. You know how many times my life has been in danger? You know how many times people wanted me to fail? You know how many times people wanted me not to wake up the next morning, including once or twice myself? But still, undefeated, baby. I'm still here. Still here, got a podcast, got my BTS pops on the way. I'm living life, all right? I don't know why I'm talking about any of this. <laughs> oh, Taraji P. Henson. Taraji P. Henson, uh, when I read her book, she talks about her turbulent upbringing. And her mother was a single mother. Her father was, a, I want to say, a Vietnam vet. Maybe I was wrong. He might have been, I don't. She might have been born in the 60s, but so whatever war, maybe the Korean War, but he was in a war and he came back all fucked up. He was an alcoholic. Um, I'm not going to say he was a drug addict because I don't remember that exactly, but I think so. Um, But I know I know he was an alcoholic and he would do things like uh, kidnap her from her mother. Like when she was a baby, like kidnap her and run down the street and try to get away with her. And Taraji P. P. Henson. Can't just say her name. Taraji P. Henson talks about that man. Like the way she talks about him is in a way like he just wanted to see me. I know that he was drunk and he beat up my mama a bunch of times. My mom was living in a basement in a cold basement because it's the only place she could go. But you know, the war. And he loved, she loved the fuck out of her father. Her father was like a slick. Uh, same thing, Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray McCoy talks about her father. Her father was a, a very slick man, a ladies' man. Uh, they stopped short of calling him a pimp. Um, but he was, he, he was out running numbers and playing dice. And I would not be surprised if he was running women as well. Um, the way they talk about him. 
And Lisa Ray believes that her father was the hero in all her stories. And that her mother's problem is actually that um, her father, her mother's actually responsible for uh, her father's death because she, um, she kicked him out because he had, because he was sleeping with all these women again. She kicked him out that night, the night he died. Someone killed him. And Taraji P. Hintz talks about her mother like that, her father like that too. And so once I read that, I was like, okay, I get it. She is very male identified. And her ultimate male she identifies with is an alcoholic, maybe a drug addict, uh, mentally ill, uh, Vietnam vet. And so she is always on his side and that's why she defends people. You know, that, that man beat her mother up. I believe in front of her, but she at least knows she's telling the story. So she, she knows it happened and she still is like, yeah, you know, he's great. And I think that's an, I I think that's important to remember when she's defending Terrence Howard, when she's given her very wrong opinions about other black men that did wrong. I don't want to, I really hope she don't ever say nothing about Kanye. I don't want to fucking hear Taraji be quiet. Uh, she is a black national treasure. Okay. Stay that way. Be quiet. Anyway, I've talked enough about Taraji, but I just wanted to point that out. Um, that she's one of the bigger stars for Tyler Perry's movies. I mean, he's he's like a Ryan Murphy. He likes to work with who, who he likes to work with. So you see a lot of people over and over. But um, Taraji being in like a film for, uh, for a movie of his is one of his bigger stars, okay? Um, so... Let me tell you something. Okay, so boom. Uh, <laughs> do you guys know that? Do you know that it's always going to be a good story when a black person says, okay, so boom. That's how they start off with. They always got to get to the, mind you, they got to say something like that in there where they go circle back. They got to start. That ain't even half of it. That th- These are uh, black storytelling markers and... I have been in places where someone's about to tell a story and it didn't say, okay, so boom. And the person that we were with was like, okay, well, this, I don't even want to fucking hear the story because I know it's not going to be good because you didn't start with boom. So, <laughs> okay, so boom. Um, we start off with like a courtroom scene where a judge is telling Taraji, who, whose character's name is Melinda, she better start harassing, stop harassing people. And then she violates this restraining order. She's getting 40 days in county. And then the judge says she needs professional help and anger management counseling and that it's going to be court ordered. Okay. So next we see Melinda going to therapy. I mean, for, by the way, she's talking all back to the judge. And the judge is like, shut up, young lady. And um, so we see her go to therapy. She don't want to be there. We don't ever see the therapist. We, see their, we hear their voice. And the therapist... It's like, um, do you feel like, you seem angry. Do you feel like you have a right to be angry? And Melinda says, asking if she has a right to be angry is like asking if she has a right to be hungry. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll take that. I see you, Tyler. I see you. I see you. And she says that man owes her every breath in his body. He is tormenting her and he gets to walk away free. And then she lights up a cigarette. In the therapist's office. I was like, oh, they trying to tell us she crazy. Because where do they smoke inside in 2018? 
where? In a therapist's office? Basically, they're trying to... The the story, the movie has us talk to... Has Melinda talk to us, narrate things. But what's on the screen is not what she's narrating. Okay? And I guess that's supposed to tell us that she is out of touch with reality. I guess. But at this point, beside, I, I just was like, okay, well, she crazy though because she's smoking in a therapist's office. So I already know. So Melinda starts to tell us the story of her relationship with a man named Robert. She is in college. She's running back to her dorm in the rain when she runs into a boy. And honestly, <laughs> what happens? They, they both have their head down because it's raining. They bump into each other. And she immediately starts fighting him because he bumped into her and then she runs off. <laughs> and I was like, damn, your, your first thought isn't, isn't like, excuse me, your first thought is I'm about to whoop this trick. I don't know. <laughs> so um, they both get soaked. Her papers get mixed up and he shows up in her dorm room and, um, her friend Sarah, I guess, opens the door and she, he 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 asks for like a Mandy or Melissa because he's found her based on that he has some of her papers and they're a little wet and messed up. So he he doesn't really know her name. But when she comes to the door, she's still mad. She she telling him, I don't give a fuck. I don't like <laughs> basically she's she's like she you know, she's surly and he's very like, it's okay. It's fine. And then he offers to help her study because because uh, she's in a class that he's already taken. And he's trying to make it up to her that he that he had had the nerve to be running in the rain just like her. So while they're, they kind of get to know each other and she's very like, mm, I don't know you. I don't want to be around you. I'm hard to get. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he tells her, he mentions this thing that goes throughout the whole fucking movie. It's very important. He has the idea for a self-charging battery. And uh, energy is really like a, a global issue. It is a, an environmental issue. It is it, energy. Like if you could solve the issue of energy, then you could solve a lot of fucking world issues. And so because he has the idea for the battery, he plans to be rich and save the world. He's, he, that's, what he, that's what this whole thing is he's going to do. So, you know, she fell in out of school and she's, and she, she's talking to him. She's like, yeah, I can't keep with my mom. She just need to drop out. He's like, I'm going to help you study. I'll do this. And she's like, you know, my mom wasn't even, she was very surprised when I wanted to go to college because I'm not as smart as my sisters. And they, that conversation happened and immediately somebody runs up and be like, your mama dead. And so she, <laughs> it was so like. It would be like if a character said, I love my mother very, very much. She is my life. I actually don't know what I'd do without her. And then someone go, by the way, she did. And it runs off. <laughs> That's what fucking happened. So um, she goes home for, for the funeral. And he shows up at the funeral to support her. He, just, I mean, he didn't even, he wasn't invited. He just shows up. You know, her family gives her a hard time because I guess he's from the wrong side of the tracks. I don't know that they're from the right side of her tracks, but okay. And when she, when he leaves, so here's what it is. I think their mom, like it's, it's, we'll talk about where he lives, but I think they're, they don't mention a father. I think their mom, they live in a home that she has paid off and she has money to leave people when she dies. She has money to spend to, to 
to pay for people to go to college. Uh, Melinda has a, a Jeep. Like, it... I don't think that they're rich. It doesn't come off as rich, but it, it's more like we are secure and we don't worry about where our next uh, bologna sandwich is coming from. So they, her sisters, and she has two sisters, uh, Mouthy one and Mouthy two. And they, you know, they're like, mm, must be nice for you to get off that side of the tracks and walk over here. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he, he answers her questions pretty well. But when he leaves, he's saying goodbye. And she realized that he's walked all the way to her house. And it was really far. And she offers to take him home. When she takes him home, he lives in a trailer. Um, It turns out his father is in prison. His mother left him with his grandmother. His grandmother died when he was 14. And he's been living in this like RV trailer thing in his aunt's driveway ever since. Um, she ends up, he ends up introducing her to Nina Simone. She doesn't even know who Nina Simone is. Um, and if somebody on a black show or a black movie is paying Nina Simone, we're supposed to interpret that they are, um, intellectual, artsy, um, woke. Like they're, we're, we're like, People have made woke mean many other things, but like this, I the type that'll be like, I don't eat pork because like that sort of thing. Um, so maybe they're gonna drove some drag lots at some point. That's the type of person that listens to Nina Simone. That's what we're supposed to interpret. I don't know if that's true, but I want you to go back to any black movie in which Nina Simone plays a part of it. Disappearing Acts is a really good movie with uh, Sanaya Lathan, the Beyonce biter, and uh, uh, Wesley Snipes, who needs facial hair at all times, but he doesn't have any in this movie, and I, I just, he needs facial hair. And it's based on a uh, black novel about, it's about a couple, and a down-on-his-luck guy, a teacher who who loves to emulate Nina Simone. She wants to sing Q-tips in it. Uh, it's, uh, you probably watch on HBO. Oh, by the way, where did I watch Acrimony? I watched it. I rented it on, um, Apple, uh, TV. I think you rent it on, um, on Amazon. You can also just like wait around on TV. It plays all the fucking time. Uh, but I haven't used my cable box in many, many months. I think I need to get rid of uh, the cable portion of it, but, uh, that's where you can watch it. Anyway. So Nina Simone, we're supposed to take that to mean that he's intelligent and he's thoughtful and he's one of the good blacks. And, um, well, she ends up busting it wide open for him and to Nina Simone in the trailer. Cause he told her he was sorry about it, her mama. And she felt like he meant it. So, That's now the next thing we see is that she's seeing his name is Robert, seeing Robert regularly, and her sisters are always giving her her time. They say she's paying for her own dates, and then also, apparently, Mama left Melinda the house that's paid off, as well as $350,000 in the life insurance money. Which I'm not gonna sneeze at $350,000, but they acted like she was, I don't know. The heiress to the Johnson and Johnson fortune. But okay, maybe it is a lot. If you gave me $350,000, I would be like, 
I would act like I was the heiress to the Johnson and Johnson fortune. No, I wouldn't. Cause you know who I'm, I'm thinking of Casey fucking Johnson. No, I wouldn't act like that. But I would. But I would act like I was rich. I'd be like, I'm rich, bitch. So like, so I get that part. But they say apparently Mama left them that. Now, one of my question is, what did Mama leave y'all, motherfuckers? I almost use a racial slur. I got, I got comfortable in this. <laughs> I got comfortable because I'm watching a Tyler Perry show and it made me think I was in the company of black people because I've never been in the company of a white person with a Tyler Perry anything was playing. Okay, I caught myself. Sorry, 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 sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I do have a question why mama didn't leave the other sisters and they seem to be older sisters too. So I don't, I, I have questions about that. Um, what did they get? Um, but they basically say, listen, that guy, poor side of the tracks, he, he trying to get your money paying for your own dates. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't tell broke ass Robert about, about what your money. And guess what? Melinda tells him right away. She got the money. She got the house. And that's when Robert. Well, not, not right away. The voiceover's like, and you could see him, his wheels turning. He wanted my money. I'm like, that's not what's on the screen though. So I hope this was on pur purpose. Like, I hope Tyler Perry wrote it that way. And it wasn't just an accident, you know? By the way, when we're having this conversation, um, the scene, we are in the most egregious green screen of all fucking time they're supposed to be walking like along the, the i guess along the water look i want to say along the fucking docks but when i say the docks i think of the wire season two so like and he's looking at the water and he's looking over there and he's like you know see that penthouse apartment over there we're gonna have that one day once i make all my money and then he also says and then we all, he also goes, and then we're going to have one of those. And what he's pointing is a fucking tugboat. And she says, a tugboat? And he's like, no, a yacht. And I'm going to call it Mrs. Gale because you're going to be my wife. And, you know, eh, they're obviously on a fucking lot. They're obviously, they're obviously in Georgia, wherever the fuck Tyler Perry is. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's doing the best of what he has. And you, this is making her fall more and more in love with him. Um, later, they're in his trailer, and she he talks about how he has submitted his idea to to Mr. Prescott, who I don't know who he's supposed to be. Um, somebody that like an angel invests in things, and he submits his idea. He has a lottery where he invests in things, but uh, Robert sends a letter every week to his office. He calls all the time and he's going to, he's going to win. And he says that as soon as, as soon as, um, as soon as he calls, you got to go right then, right then. We can't set up no appointments or nothing like that. What happens is that, uh, um, apparently this Mr. Prescott holds a lottery. Okay. To make it fair, holds a lottery and at all hours of the day and night, and he just immediately, as soon as he figures out which one he gets, he calls you immediately. If you don't show up in 10 minutes, it's done. 
That's apparently how it works. And y'all, y'all don't think something wrong with Mr. Prescott? You don't think somebody who puts millions into um an idea he picked out of a fucking hat and then says you got to get there? Who is he, Willy Wonka? What the fuck? But okay, so that's the thing. That, that's that's his key. That's what that's what Robert eventually wants. To, the, that's how he's going to be successful. And then he kind of looks at her and he goes, but what if I have to take the bus when he calls? And she goes, well, you know, I could also like uh, give you a ride. And he goes, but what if you're not around? And so the next thing we see, they buying him a car. So that when that car comes, when that car comes, he can he she he can drive on over Mr. Prescott. And not just a two-door Honda uh grocery getter. Oh no, they getting him a drop top. I don't know anything about cars. It's probably I don't know how expensive that car is. I know the top comes off of it, so it's more expensive than the ones at the top don't go come off of it. That's what I know. Okay. So and we see on the screen how the money changed, how like they got $350,000 minus $25,000 for this car. Is that how much cars cost? I literally don't know. I have no idea. People always, like I'm, I, I, I'd say that I do most of the finances at our, at our home, but I refuse to buy a car. I send my husband to show, to. I'm like, this is what I want. Go find out where it is and where we can get it from. And then like the van, he just showed up on uh, uh, Cheek's birthday one year and was like, um, do you like this van? <laughs> I was like, yes. He said, okay, well, then we need to drive back to the dealership tomorrow. <laughs> he bought it because I left with my car. <laughs> and, but you know what? I was happy with it. I was happy with it. I don't, I don't know what the going price is for cars or good cars. I don't know what that works. And I don't want to know. I hate cars. I hate driving them. I hate looking at them. I hate being in them. So, um, but here's the thing. As soon as she bought that car, Robert stopped returning her phone calls. He don't call her at all no more now. Now she got to call him. Mm-hmm. And did she said she used to wait. She waited at least, she waited once two whole fucking days. He never called her. The way I would go repossess that fucking car. <laughs> Trying to grocery shop, and I will come and steal that fucking car. <laughs> that car is in my name. I'm sure it's not in her name. Otherwise, like it doesn't make any sense. But I'm sure she allowed him to put it. Just some dumb shit. But I mean, that's kid shit. Um, that's young kid stuff. You know what I mean? And tw- if sh- this had ended here, twenty five thousand dollars spent of your three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, that's a chunk of money, but it's an expensive lesson you just learned. So we see her at a family dinner with her sisters and their two husbands, who I call the brother-in-laws, because I don't know if they have any names or nothing like that. And the yappy one, the, the most yappy one, says, uh, tells her, she says, listen, now that we're married, we're moving out. I'm like, what, y'all got married yesterday? What What's going on? Like, we're married now, we're moving out. I'm like, okay, that's clunky, but fine. And you need, Melinda, that means you need to get a job. 
to keep up the house because Melinda doesn't have, um, she's not working. She's out of school and she, I guess, I guess they, I guess because Melinda owns a house, they pay for the utilities and stuff. And Melinda just goes, okay. And just gets up from dinner and goes to use a house phone to call Robert. That's to tell you what year it is. When he picks up the phone, he goes, oh, hey there. How are you? <laughs> Listen, he ain't fucking with you. He got his car. He's not fucking with you. Now, like, like, to be fair, Melinda, the main character, I like, I understand. I don't, I understand. Like, um, how hurtful this would be and how, like, and what happens next? Like, so basically he's like, she's like, well, you haven't called me in two days. And and she, he's like, well, you didn't call me either. I just been busy. I thought you was busy too. And then he goes, I'm soldering right now. So I can't, um, I need two hands. So I can't talk on the phone. Could I call you back? And, and she goes, sure. But she feels like that's bullshit, right? She says she knows, she knows. So she gets in her car and she drives on over to the trailer. And she says she gonna park across the street. So she said something in her gut told her he was lying. And that's the, something in her gut told her to drive over to the trailer. And that's something in her gut told her to park across the street and not too close. Now, I'm watching this movie and you'll park directly in front of the door of the trailer. Okay? <laughs> now, maybe you across the street, but it's not a big street, babe. It's like... Like, we are looking out your driver's window directly at the door. <laughs> but okay. All right. I don't know how he didn't know, know your ass was over there. That trailer ain't that big. But just as she's about to talk herself out of busting up in there, she sees a hand in the window. And not just any hand. A hand like that movie Titanic I've never seen where she put her hand up and um and it's sweaty. And I'm supposed to believe that she coming or whatever that thing is happening. It's like one of those hands, like a, oh, hand, okay? So, Melinda tells us that her crazy is blind. And that, so basically that when she get upset, she go blind. She don't, she can't control herself. She, uh... Something takes over and she can't control herself. It's just when she's in that mode, that's what it is. And I, maybe that's why she was fighting him in the rain. I don't know. But this is when she rams her Jeep right into his trailer and knocks that bitch over. Okay. Robert and his mistress come rolling out of it. <laughs> Melinda is too busy throwing a cinder block through the window of the car that she bought. Why? Just drive off in that car. The lady run the lady that um he's fucking diana there's a reason i know her name um says runs off robert you didn't tell me you was in a relationship but robert's like okay okay go on go on go on go on. and he talks to melinda he's trying to talk to melinda but he's just, she's hysterical and she's bleeding from her nose and he's like you gotta stop bleeding you gotta stop bleeding and she passes out so they got to go to the hospital. She's rushed to the hospital. The crash caused the makeup for this internal bleeding, this string of, of blood that goes down the side of her face that's supposed to signal, signify to us that she's bleeding internally is bad. <laughs> uh, the 
the crash, the crash caused two things, internal bleeding and ruptured ovaries from ramming into the steering wheel when she did that. I guess she didn't have no airbags. <laughs> Guys, I'm not laughing at the idea. Because because her ovaries ruptured, she can't have children. I'm not uh, laughing at the idea of infertility, right? That's not what I'm laughing at. I'm laughing because I would bet every single fucking dime in my bank account that Tyler Perry has no idea how women's reproduction, reproductive organs work. I would bet fucking money. In fact, I was like, you know, I'm gonna give him a benefit of that. I never heard of no fucking ovaries blowing up, rupturing. I never heard of no shit like that. Fine. But I don't know everything. I don't fucking know. Maybe my shit blew up. I don't know about it. So I tried to Google it. I couldn't even Google it because they kept going, are you talking about cyst, babe? Google was like, baby, are you trying to, are you trying to Google ovarian cysts? And I was like, no, I know all about ovarian cysts. I mean, not all about it. I'm not a doctor. But I know about ovarian cysts and how they rupture and how that can like cause all kinds of problems and pain and all these different things. It's like a big deal when these things, they could kill you actually. Uh, and, but I'm talking about when the ovary, not the cysts, the actual, the actual ovary, the actual organs blow up because you was in a car accident. And Google was like, stop Googling me. Stop touching me. Stop typing things into me. Stop. Stop. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, okay. I, is it possible that Mr. Perry heard about ovarian cysts and thought about ovaries? I'm not sure. Well, let me tell you something about, I want to mention something about Mr. Perry. Mr. Perry got more formal, form, formal with him. I was calling him Tyler Perry a while ago, but we're going to call him Mr. Perry now. Mr. Perry, there is lots of speculation about where the Mr. Perry is gay. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Like who he, who he does sleep with and didn't, and who he wants to sleep with and what he sees when he closes his eyes when he's nutting is like boring to me, right? What I think is absolutely true is that He's a misogynist and you don't have to consciously do that thing. Like you could sleep with a bunch of black people and still be racist. It's what we're marinating in. You can do it subconsciously. There are things that I do right now that are internalized racism that I have to catch. I'm trying to see and trying to eradicate them from my, from, from my, from my actions. But I think Tyler Perry would say that he loves women. He was raised by women. He, um, all his stories are really about women and for women. But I think he hates women. He has a bad idea of, of women in general. And that's not, I'm not saying that because um, many of his characters are, are uh, detrimental to women. In fact, I would say that most of his characters aren't quote unquote bad women. What his stories often do is talk about women who do not stay in line and how that ruins them. Women who want to have sex, women who, women who um, aren't virtuous enough. Um, and how the mistakes they made in those things led them down, um, led them down the wrong path. 
and as we get further in the story, trying to figure out what the point of the story is about Melinda, it seems like Melinda didn't believe enough or Melinda wasn't patient enough or Melinda only saw one thing and therefore missed the big thing. That's what it seems like he's trying to say. And also, Mr. Perry's trying to let us know that he don't know nothing about no ovaries. And this is why you need a writer's room. Or, you know, the thing about writers is that we Google all kinds of things all the fucking time. Check our writer's Google history and you might have to arrest them because they're always like, if I put poison in a cupcake and then also put jelly right after it, do you think do you think people would notice this poison? Shit like that. This is basically like, what? <laughs> because they're thinking of things for ideas, um, for stories. And so it's okay to figure, like, I know you didn't Google this because I just did and Google told me to stop playing with them. So... <laughs> I don't know, just uh, maybe a couple of different voices in the room saying, hey, actually, I don't know that a car crash where she flips an RV is necessarily, like, maybe we could have it come up something else. Maybe we could just find out that she's infertile. Maybe, like, I'm not sure. So... Well, anyway, Melinda can't handle babies and she got a full hysterectomy at 21 because her ovaries blew the fuck up. So Robert shows up at the hospital. The mouthy sister screams at him to go. Her friend's name is Sarah. That's the one that opened the door that time. She's the promises to call and, and let and let Robert know what's going on. Melinda ends up being laid up for three weeks and then Robert comes around because he wants to talk to her and her sisters want to run him off. But Melinda says, I just want to see him. I just want to know why. And the one with the mouth, the one with the most mouth says, he's going to tell you more lies. He's probably broken hungry. And I busted out laughing. <laughs> because that's exactly what the fuck I would have said. <laughs> I'm like, he's probably hungry. <laughs> he probably need gas for the car, baby. <laughs> he probably broken hungry. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Am I mouthy sister number one? Is that what's going on? Is what? Is that why I don't like them? Because <laughs> it's me. It's me. <laughs> um, She asked her sister to leave her alone with Robert. And he says the other woman didn't mean anything. He says he loves her. He wants to be with her. And they get back together. And they keep walking on that fucking green screen. On, that do on the docks. And I guess, and, so, and he, that's when he tells her he lost his scholarship and he can't get a loan because it's too late. And Melinda ends up paying for his last two semesters of school. And that was $75,000. Damn. What school was he going to? Again, I don't know how much shit costs. Don't ask me. <laughs> it's probably, that's probably very reasonable. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, she says in a voiceover that she knew she shouldn't do it then. And I would say the same thing is that like, there are like certain boundaries. You're not married to him. You're, he just cheated on you. You just barely got back together. Now is not the time for you to be making a $75,000 investment into him. Now is the time, like I would definitely 
help with, um, I could give my time and helping with like trying to find other options. I could let you stay at my house while you take a semester off um, and work and, and then do the loan applications then. Why'd you lose your scholarship? I'd ask that question. Hmm. It's because you were out of school for all that time I rode your ass down the hill in that fucking RV. <laughs> That's not funny either, but it is. And so, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like this is a boundary. And Taraji P. Henson is doing the voiceover and says, like, I knew he'd never pay me back or I knew this was wrong. I don't know. Like, take a beat. So, apparently he proposes to her soon after that because she done gave him $75,000 and he don't have no ring or nothing. And the sisters are all mad and they refuse to go to wedding. Listen, I've been proposed to five times. Five fucking times in my life. All right? I only count the times there was a ring. Someone saying, will you marry me without a ring to me is not a proposal. And y'all know what y'all saying. I'm like, Princess, how the fuck you been proposed to five times? Guys... I often trick people into thinking I'm stable. That's what's going on. <laughs> That's what's going on. That's what's going on. And so, <laughs> and so I would not have counted this as, as a proposal. I would have been like, okay, well, I think he had like a, some candy or something. I would have been like, no, unfortunately, I'm, you know, I'm willing to accept this promise ring candy from you, but no. <laughs> Um, but her sisters are all mad and refuse to go to her wedding, which I think is a dick move. The fact is, is that I keep saying this because uh, I have some friends going through it. And I remember being a very um, opinionated person that thought they need to tell everybody about when they should get married and how they should be married and, and like w- whether I like their boyfriend and what they're doing wrong. And I lost friendships over. It. And then I, I lost the ability to be there for my friends. When they needed me because I made it about them making bad decisions instead of supporting them as they tried to figure out what they should do. And nobody wants to get married and people don't show up to their wedding at all because maybe you don't love my choice, but celebrate my decision. Celebrate my day. Um, And there are some exceptions to that rule, obviously. Obviously. But like, you just don't like them? I don't know, man. Just, Just go. Just go and try to and try to put on a nice face and be nice. It's your sister. So Robert moves out of the trailer and into the big house. And she's paying for his materials and his stuff to invent his battery. He drains the rest of the money. And when she says the money's gone, he says that he'll try to get a job. But it's going to be hard for him to study and work and work on his invention. But he, I guess he'll try. She, see the thing is, he only has two semesters of school left. So that means this all happened in less than a year. I don't know. It just feels like it moved fast because he's still in school. Um, So her friend Sarah helped him learn to get an office job as an assistant. And then she would clean offices at night. She doesn't want her sisters to know like the situation she's in. Um, and during this time, he's doing stuff like hooking his little battery up to the house and blowing up the wiring and. Another $37,000. Robert. Like, I'm not. (laughs) Listen. Melinda got some shit with her. But 
I too would be annoyed. And I would have never married Robert. And I'm like, Robert, we too poor to get married, baby. You feel free to hang out at my home. Now, again, I think I think uh, Melinda's like 21 years old or something like that. So I do understand the stupidity. But still, her mama died. and Her sister's all mean. So who knows? All right, so Robert graduates. And uh, Melinda's like, thank goodness. He graduated, he gonna get a job. Thank goodness. Um, he got... Three job interviews and the jobs all started at one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, okay, we could we could do something with one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, let's let's do that. And they all turned him down. And that's when Robert tells us, "You, me, and Melinda, because we didn't. None of us knew this shit. Okay, that his ass was in a gang when he was fifteen, and him and the gang robbed a grocery store, and he spent two years in prison as a minor, tried as an adult. You know." And he thought he could get it expunged because he was a minor. and But he can't and he's a felon. Baby, do you not know what tried as adult means? I, you know what? I was going to say how did he get into school because I feel like a lot of schools won't let you go if you've had something like this happen. But you know what? I don't know that to be true. Hmm. I wonder if it was an issue. But either way, we ain't even fucking know. We, me, you, or Melinda didn't know that, that that Robert was a felon. So Robert can't get a lot of jobs. When I was paying, when I was paying $75,000 for the last two semesters, don't you think we should have talked about this? I don't. See, at this point, I'm Melinda. I was like, let's fuck him up. Let's fuck him up. <laughs> let's fuck him up. Well, Robert's got an idea to help. Um, and it's not to fuck him up. He says, let's mortgage this paid off asset we own. Um, and Melinda was experiencing the sunken cost fallacy. So basically what was going on is that she was like, I don't put a lot of money in time and all this. So I might as well go. Anyway, this goes on for two decades. They, they mortgage that house. She works all these jobs. She works and works and works. He gets a few odd jobs that don't even cover utilities. Mr. Perry. See, here's the thing. What the fuck do you mean? He only got a few odd jobs. Because you can't say you can't work and go to school and do this. Because you don't go to school no more. And you had, when it was that $150,000 job, you was going to work. So what do you mean? Like work full time somewhere. There's nothing worse than... Going to a backbreaking job, or not even backbreaking, going to a stressful job, going somewhere and going to work all day and coming back bone tired, and that mother and there's someone in your house that's in the same spot as when you left. I told my boys this because they had to stay home because they were sick, and uh, their father was sleeping because he works night shift. And my older boys, I was like, don't ever let somebody leave for work and come back and you in the same spot in the same clothes doing the same thing. Don't ever let that happen. Because regardless of what happened in between that time, it always looked bad. Don't don't ever let somebody walk back in the house and the kitchen's dirty and you sitting over here in your pajamas. Don't do that. You know, I don't know what I was watching. It might've been a TikTok. Or the girl was like, you know, I grew up with a single black mother. And the thing is, when we, when she was cleaning, we was all cleaning. Like it is, it is, if your mother is cleaning, it is 
unacceptable for you to be sitting in the area where she's clean or to be sitting anywhere. If you're not going to clean, you must get out of eyesight. Okay, you must. And I feel the same way on Saturdays and Sunday mornings when I, I usually try, I try to keep it down to like an hour, but I try to like do some, not deep cleaning, but like some cleaning that we wouldn't necessarily do more than just like wipe the counters. And I sign everybody else one too. I'm like, all right, uh, you vacuum the couch. I hate when shit is in couch cushions. So every week they pull off the couch cushion and vacuum like crumbs and shit out of it. Like something like that. Or you go outside, make sure all the dog poops out of the yard. You must do something while I'm doing something. I can't even imagine. But she said she'd married a white guy and that he's raised differently and that like uh, his mother would, and I don't want to, I don't know if it's because he's white. I don't know, like, I don't, what's his culture? Like, I know a lot of cultures treat boys as if they're like golden. And, and there's like studies that show that um, teenage, by the time they're teenagers, girls will have, will spend more time doing housework, cleaning errands, sort of things than boys. Most of theirs will be free time. Um, so maybe that's what it was, but either way, he, he, she would put on a Beyonce, right? Whatever it is in your house. In my house growing up, it was Mary J. Blige. What's the 411 easily? Or, uh, after a while it was Biggie. It was when that shit came on, get up, get up. Don't let your mom come find you. Don't let Tony Braxton be singing about how you should have come home last night and your ass is in the bed. Get up. Because they're up and they're cleaning. And again, I don't I don't want my kids to get, take away the idea that we need to be cleaning at all times. I'm not, I don't want to do that. But what I do want to do is make it clear that the house runs, everybody in this house has a responsibility to the house. We all live here. We all use the facilities. We all, we all depend on the laundry and the food and all the things that this house and this home and this household do. So we all have a responsibility to it. And yours may be smaller because you're littler and you don't have as much time to do things or, or yours might be, yours might be smaller this week because you're working doubles all week. You're working 12 hours, four days. So we're all going to pitch in and pull a little bit from you. Mine might be less. Because I got something else going on. I'm sick or I'm trying to uh, record extra podcasts or whatever. Somebody might have to pull my slack sometimes. But we are all connected in this bitch. And so I limit it to like an hour, maybe two hours tops. But we all going to get something done in here. And I just don't understand how Rob, I, I don't understand how there's no conversation in 20 years about how, yeah, you do have a brilliant idea. I love that you're tinkering, tinkering with it. I love that you're persistent with it. You do have to go to work though, because unfortunately I can't, I, I can't do it like this. I can't work two jobs and clean up around here and do all these things. And, uh, and, and then also, and you just get to tinker in here. I don't, that's not, that's not, that's not what I'm looking for here. And so even though he's got a college degree, I know he's a felon. So that's going to limit some things. But also in my experience, a lot of companies don't even do the background check. So I'm not saying you was, you was going to get a $150,000 job, but I think you could have got a $100,000 job. I really do. I believe that. I, if you couldn't get that, I think you could have got a $50,000 job. I really think, I know you could do that. I know you could do that. So what's the excuse? And if it's like, it's not perfect, how come I have to work, do things that aren't perfect? Things I don't want to do. 
So Mr. Perry does this very clunky transition in which they get up, they they go to the bathroom, they're washing their faces and doing their hair, and young Melinda washes her face, and then older Melinda, 20 years later, is shown as Taraji P. Henson, and same for Robert. Um, if that sounded cool, just know it wasn't, it looked cheap. Um, the other thing that r runs through Tyler Perry's work is that like women want to be loved, they want to be fulfilled, and they want to have children, and they want to be married. That's what women want. And so he makes it very clear. I'm not saying Melinda's infertility is not, um, wouldn't be an issue for a lot of women, like, right? But he makes it seem like Melinda wants to be married so bad and wants to have a baby so bad. And that's part of the problem is that it's 20 years of just her working. She didn't have no baby and she was very sad. Melinda, you could have got a baby. I, I don't, like, she could have fostered. She could have adopted. She could have just adopted. I mean, some of these private adoptions are basically selling babies, but still like, uh, there are other ways like, if you wanted to be a mother, there are pathways to motherhood if that's what you wanted to do. But I also understand if, why would you want to do that when you are essentially taking care of Robert and you are bone dog, like, fucking tired from all these other jobs and you, you're financially unstable. Like, that makes sense to me. I too wouldn't be like, let's go get a fucking baby. I wouldn't. So, like, why isn't that? A part. she's monologuing and she's telling us all these things that are happening and how she feels and how times like why are we talking to, why, why didn't you why aren't you mentioning that like I'm sad because I always thought I wanted to be a mother and I'm not but part of the reason I'm not is because who the fuck wanna I don't want to add another thing to all this I'm miserable I wish they I wish that they, they, they had that conversation because in that case Melinda's doing the right thing well, Robert runs into the girl he was fucking in RV that night. Melinda played Wreck-It Ralph on the place. That her name is Diana. See, Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, Prescott's secretary, Mrs. Hildebrandt, has retired. And Diana took her job. Now, what I want to know is throughout the rest of this, this movie, um, Diana, Ms. Diana don't like no secretary. <laughs> Diana, <laughs> Diana got an office. Diana, Diana's dressing real nice. She's... She's uh, snatched and, and, and her clothes look like they have labels on it. They did not come from Old Navy. Nothing she got on like came from Old Navy, okay? And she got good wigs, okay? All right? So Mrs. Hildebrandt didn't have that. So my question is, what do you mean she's just his secretary? And I don't, I don't want to say just, but the level of, when we get to it, the level of work that Diana's putting in is interesting. Um about like I, I just it's not what I envisioned when I saw Miss Hildebrandt because Miss Hildebrandt uh he tried to run up on her too and she was like get away from me <laughs> when I saw Miss Hildebrandt she gave off secretary but Diana doesn't that's interesting anyway um you know she's annoyed that she, she ain't seen him since that night. She's annoyed because she was like, you didn't even tell me he was in a relationship and you out here and I had to tumble out of a fucking RV. I, bad enough, I came to an RV to bust it open for you and then I had to tumble out of it. No, 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 no. Look how I'm dressed. I'm cute. No. 
he apologizes. He says he married that girl and all he wants her to do is help, you know, help him get to Mr. Prescott. And he doesn't cheat on his wife. He just wants some advice about life. And she says, listen, I can't, it's a lottery. Okay. I can't do all that. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't like get you in. It's a lottery. It's, a, it's done a certain way. And he's like, well, I just want some advice about life. And she's like, okay, I'll go have lunch with you or whatever. Next thing we know, Robert's getting a call in the middle of the night from the head of security over Prescott Industries. Well, he wants to let Robert know that he's been entered into the system as a credible threat because that's what you do when you think somebody is stalking or, 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 or is, is, a, is a threat to the company or something. You call them and say, listen, we don't put you in the system as a credible threat. Just want you to know that. And then Robert, who has been sending letters and calling and showing up to the building for 20 motherfucking years, chasing employees down in the street for 20 motherfucking years. Yes. Yes. Instead of sending you a certified letter to convenience of the court of law, instead of filing a restraining order against you, instead of doing any of those things, I'm just going to call you up and be like, you better stay away from here in the middle of the night because we still at work in the middle of the night. Maybe they are. So the head of security says, don't call here. Don't send letters. Don't talk to any of your employees and don't come within 300 feet of this fucking campus. And I just want to call you on your house phone in the middle of the night and tell you this instead of sending you a registered letter and, uh, or serving you with anything or, or, or filing for a restraining order. I just want to call you. No, I want to call you on your Time Warner triple play, uh, phone after Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel was already on. That's the right course of action here. So Robert gets angry. He flips the table like he's calling somebody a prostitution whore. And he and Melinda have a heart to heart where he says he just wants her to have it all. I just wanted to do this for you. I just want. And she says, have you ever asked me what I wanted? I just want you to get a job. <laughs> She's tired. And she tells him that if he's not going to work out, they can just move on together. And I understand that was your dream, but let's move on together. And he promises to go find the best job he can. So while they're having their heart-to-heart, Melinda's sisters show up and run up in the house to yell, did you know this house is being foreclosed on? Like, first of all, y'all bitches don't knock. As usual, they got their placeholder husbands with them, the brother-in-laws, and apparently their cousin works at the bank and is telling everybody's business. All right? Well, there's a plan. Melinda's annoyed, by the way. Why is my cousin telling my business? So there's a plan. Apparently, these brother-in-laws drive trucks and deliver to a wealthy restaurant owner who will advance them three months fees and they can use it to pay for this house they don't live in and haven't lived in in 20 years, okay? That their mother didn't leave to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even though they grew up here with their mother, they have, they have their own homes, I'm assuming, you got a business. You might have your own home that you need to pay the mortgage on. But okay, you, okay, all right. So you're going to do this. And your wealthy restaurant owner, uh, client says that if you don't make a deal, if you don't show up at every drop up and pick up exactly on time, if you're two minutes late, you're going to lose the trucks. You're going to lose the business. And yes, we are willing to do this for a home we don't live in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we didn't ask anybody about this princess wasn't around so she could tell us to shut the fuck up and go mind her business but yeah 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 we're gonna lose our business and our homes because our business will be gone if this doesn't work and this is all gonna hinge on robert driving a truck and we can't pay you either robert okay so you're gonna work for free and then we're gonna save the house 
and um, somebody who hasn't had a job, who seems to be uh, not, not very dependable on the house, we're going to depend on you to make all the deliveries and stuff. And if you fail, we're going to lose our business. And we all, we all uh, uh, workshop this plan together because we fucking idiots. And that's the plan. As of right this moment, Melinda and Robert are going to be in the poorhouse, right? But we're going to do our plan. And if it doesn't work, we all going to be in the poorhouse together. Now, let me ask you a question. Does this, does this plan sound like somebody made it up while drinking peppermint schnapps and wearing a Medea wig on a day you was not shooting Medea? Like just sitting in your office wearing a Medea wig, tip tapping on the computer. Does this sound, is that what this sounds like? I'm just asking. Okay, that's what we're going with. So when they leave, Robert is upset that Belinda didn't even defend him to her sisters. She couldn't, Robert. She was too busy figuring out how to come up with this dumbass plan. Okay, she was, she was, <laughs> she was that meme of that lady trying to do the math. Being like, if this, if this, if X is a speeding train at this, and Y is crossing the railroad tracks. That's what she was doing. That's what the fuck she was doing. Okay. So he starts sleeping downstairs and they don't talk at all. No kisses, no hugs. He's working, but he's not getting paid. They haven't had sex in months. And Melinda tells her old friend that Robert is very sexual. Very sexual. Apparently good old Robert putting it down. Why didn't we talk about this earlier? So I can understand that you was digmatized for 20 years. Why don't we see you and getting dicked down and being like, well, I guess that's worth my youth and all my time. <laughs> and, my, and my health I guess that's worth it <laughs> okay he's very sexual and she's been trying She he isn't having sex with her he's probably fucking whatever hole he could find that's what Melinda tells us now what I didn't tell you is that good old Diana over at Prescott Industries is watching all those videos Robert has been sending all these years I guess she doesn't have any work to do. She just keep watching these videos. And over the years, we see Robert get less and less enthusiastic, less and less hopeful, and just looking more and more sad in the videos. So today, he has to deliver some fish to a business catering thing. He has to be there by 1130. It's 930 now. And his brother-in-law calls us, say, oh, you going to be there, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm going. I'm in traffic. He's like, I'm tracking your, your location. You ain't there. He's like, I'm going. He's like, all right, you the man. But also, Diana calls. And she says that she's seen his research and it's brilliant. What research? What are they talking about? They're, they And this research keeps coming back up. The research, they talk about research like he's a theoretical physicist. Like, like he's coming up with theories and stuff. Like, And he's trying to prove that this leads to this and leads to that that research he's inventing a battery and either it works or it doesn't i what research research that is going to be good like obviously you need you like when you're doing proposals and things like that you need a part where you explain what the use is and why and how and and giving concrete numbers and facts on, on how this will be how the what the impact would be on it obviously schematics and things like that this is all paperwork that you would use in presenting and proposing as you're trying to get investors but when it's a thing that you're inventing, the proof is in the put. You got show me the thing, show me that it works. I haven't seen it work yet. 
I saw a broke bro- fuck up this house. But I didn't see it work yet. So what research? <sighs> see, this is the thing. I'm getting caught up in this little shit. Like a lot of people have been like, yeah, research. But I'm just like, I don't understand what's happening. Anyway, Mr. Prescott is listening to Diane and will meet with Robert today at 11.30. That's it. No other time because that's how business meeting works. Guys, you know how many business meetings I set up every week? Do you know how many, how you go back and forth with people till you find a right? Do you know? You know, do you know nobody goes, um, I want to talk to you about a business plan or a business of relationship and I can only meet at this time on this day and I will be in the conference room and I'll sit there for 10 minutes until you show up. Nobody does that. People's time is valuable. Now it is possible that you only get 10, 15 minutes with somebody. Like, I don't know, you're in an elevator with them or they're going to get in the car and drive off and go somewhere. So they're like, you can ride with me up the street and we can talk. Yeah, that happens all the time. Sure. But that's not like I set a meeting with you. That's more like we're here and yeah, you want to talk to me? Okay, but you got to talk to me right now. What's up? That's not like, hey, I looked at your research and I really like this, but I am only going to like it at 1130 on this day and in no other days. Come on, man. Well, rapper drives all the way home. He, he got the fish and everything. He dri- he drives his ass home to get the battery because that's what he need to get because he want to take it to the meeting. I would have been like, you saw my research. Apparently my research is good enough fine he had thrown the battery away though so he didn't have it anymore the prototype it was in the trash so you know but the brother-in-law see that on track and they're like where the fuck he going so they go to find out where he's going because apparently they don't have nothing to do at work either they just get in the car and drive uh apparently their job is tracking the most important truck on because remember this is the truck for that client that if they, they're late one time they lose their entire fucking business and we've entrusted that into a dummy, okay? Smart, but also a dummy. Somebody that owned, that we none of us has ever seen work anywhere. So we entrusted that in him. And so because we did that, our job now is to sit in the office and watch where he go. Why wouldn't we just drive the fucking truck? Why wouldn't we entrust the best driver we have to it? Why would we entrust the new driver? Does he even have a CDL? Does he need a CDL for that truck? I don't know. What? Only thing I see him driving is that car he got Melinda to buy him. I have questions. This don't make no fucking sense. Okay, so. You know. They run over there. But also, what you don't know is that Mouthy Sister number one was in one of the trucks checking it out. And she found Diana's wallet. Now, I don't even remember. I don't know how Diana's wallet got there. I'm very confused about that. Did I miss a part where she was in the truck? I don't remember. But apparently her wallet was there. It's bright red, too. And sitting right there. <laughs> Robert, you ain't see this bright ass. <laughs> Am I the only one that looks around before I get out of cars? I I have a big thing. I don't like, I don't like trash in my car. I try to keep my car as clean as possible on the inside. I don't like riding around a trash bucket. So before I get out of the car and before I get out of the car, I tell the kids, I said, can you look around? Can you look around at anything you brought in this car? Can you pick it up? And in fact, even if you didn't bring it, if you see it in the car, like a piece of trash or a toy or a pencil or something, can you get it and get out the car? And they do. And so the last thing I do before I get out of the car is I look around like, all right, I want to throw away this drink. Oh, I left my glasses right there. Let me put that in my purse. I'm going to go. 
that's do people not look around when they get out of the car? When you got out the truck, Robert, you didn't look over there and see that bright ass red wallet. They should have made the wallet black. Who is on props? Who's on props? <laughs> I just wish I could be like this was written and directed and shot and, <laughs> and all that by by Mr. Perry. And I just wish I could just be like an assistant one day and be like, you know, that that wallet's real red. It's bright fucking red and everything else in there is um black. You think you think Robert um need glasses? <laughs> so you know what she opened it up and she see Diana's name. And she know Diana's name because guess what? She know everything. She in everybody business all the time. So she grabbed Mouthy Sister number two out the office and they head on over to, to Melinda's work work and to tell him like look at we found he's cheating on you okay girl um anyway melinda rushes home and the brother-in-laws have already been in to get the keys to the truck and gone to deliver the fish and now robert is in his too tight suit is working on the battery he tries to tell melinda about the meat and she want to know about that bitch's wallet in your truck and so do i okay fuck that battery all right, my friend was just telling me about how her mother-in-law thought her father thought her father-in-law was cheating on her, so she followed him, and then hid in some bushes. And everybody else that was listening to the story was like, "Wow, that's crazy." And me, I was like, "Okay, okay." Did she have a bat with her? <laughs> because what the fuck you doing? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? <laughs> Her husband comes out of the apartments with her best friend, baby. <laughs> and that's why you needed that back. Now, are you going to jail and doing a lot of time? Yes, you are, baby. Baby, do not bring a bat somewhere that you ain't willing to do 30 years in jail for. Because if you hit somebody with an object and something goes down, you can kill somebody with a fucking bat. I promise you. And I promise you they're going to put you under the fucking jail. But let me tell you what. Some of this stuff is worth it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody else in the story was like, in the bushes. And I was like, yeah, that's where I go. I'd be right in the fucking bushes. Right. <laughs> Ooh, let me, hold on, hold on. Ooh, let me get into my Ayala Oprah mode. Oh, if you believe someone's cheating on you, you can't trust them. You need to just go ahead and leave them. Please don't get a bat. Please don't drive around town chasing people. Please don't go in the bushes. Please don't hop out like I was like, ha! Bitch, <laughs> I've caught ya. <laughs> caught ya. Swing, swing, swing. <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> Listen, the Lord ain't done with me yet. So what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> so Melinda rushes home and he's trying to tell her about all this stuff. And she just said, I want to know about this fucking wallet and your truck robber. And he's distracted and trying to leave. And Melinda, she tells us again that she gets so angry. And that she can't see. And she tells him that if he leaves, it's over. And she know what it's like. Don't you be walking away from me. Don't you be walking away from me. And I'm like, okay, but for 20 years, you've been angry. You've been working two jobs. And all this shit's happening. You're going to lose your mom's house. And is this the first time you've gotten that crazy is happening to you again? Because I feel like if they're trying to paint you as this person... That's that's out of control, angry and unstable. Wouldn't you do that more than once in 20 years, more than twice in 20 years? I'm not sure. But she ends up tackling him in the front yard and stealing his keys. And then they start tussling over the fucking keys. 
That's an easy way to get a domestic violence charge. You and somebody fighting over fucking keys. And maybe you didn't mean to hit them. And maybe you didn't mean to push them. But that y'all getting physical for no fucking reason. <sighs> People going to jail. And getting domestic violence charged on them. No, I don't think that's what happened to fucking Terrence Howard, guys. No. Maybe once. But not all them times. So then her sisters run up on her. And the three of them try to fight him. And Robert ends up getting away. But I think he don't get the battery. I think they break up the battery because he 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 don't even take the car. He 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 just walking down the street in his two tight suit in a briefcase. And it's at this point that I realized something, guys. I wrote this in my fucking notes. Um, I see that Mouthy Sister Number One is wearing Tim's while she was tussling on the ground with no fucking socks. I think I know what the problem is. Her feet stink. She can smell her own fucking feet. You wearing Tim's with no fucking socks, bitch? Her feet stink, and that make her upset. It make her, it make her mad. Make her want to fight people on the front fucking lawn. Figure it out. Get her some new shoes. Everything will be fine. She got bunions. She got a bad attitude. Anyway, okay. So Robert gets on the bus and he goes with the Prescott Enterprises. He's late. He doesn't look great because he's been fighting three women on his front lawn, but he makes it. And back at the house, the brother-in-law show back up. They didn't make it on time. They lost the client. And the money for the house. And he said they can keep the trucks. Why? Do he own the trucks? Why he in charge of where you keep the trucks? I When they said they was going to lose the trucks, I thought they meant they was going to lose the trucks because they was going to lose their biggest client and they wouldn't have money to pay on the fucking trucks. Those trucks, people don't buy them trucks straight out. I mean, maybe some people do, but the, but like a lot of these businesses are leasing trucks and, or, you know, not leasing the way you would lease a Lexus, but you know, like, like that and you know like you making payments like if you don't make your payments they'll come and get the fucking trucks so that's what i thought was happening the way they talking the restaurant owner was gonna take the trucks who wrote this you need a writer's room mr perry so, <laughs> so they all sad because they put they 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 put their uh their lives in the in 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 the way in the hands of a dummy so, but at Prescott Industry, Prescott likes to research. Again, with the fucking research, he likes to research. And he wants to buy the research. He doesn't have a prototype. That's when he said that. I was like, did he lose his prototype? Did did uh, did uh, they smash it on the ground? What happened when y'all was fighting? I missed it. I was looking at them Tim's with no shoes on, with no socks on. That's what I thought. Um, but he doesn't have a prototype. And so Mr. Prescott is like, listen, I'll give you $800,000 for the research. I'll own the intellectual uh property I, I i own the ip on this and you have to sign a non-compete of course like you can't go like go teach somebody else how to make this and robert's like no <laughs> i spent my entire life doing this i don't i don't want to sell my work and i wanted to, my plan was to license it to you but keep the ip so he walks out he gives a deal he gives a deal and he walks out like and as he's leaving diana's like come on it's a lot of money Robert, it's a lot of money. And Robert's like, but it's my, it's my life. It's my life. They're sitting on some stairs talking. They're standing on some stairs talking. So he goes home. 
And when he gets home, he looks all sad. So Robert explains, oh, he's like, I would never cheat on you. I only cheated on you that one time. You know, the time where you busted up your ovaries and shit. That's the last time I cheated on you. I felt so bad about it. Once you busted your ovaries, I said, damn, I'm fucking up. So I stopped cheating. And, you know, the wallet was there. I don't cheat on you, blah, blah, blah. And I just went, I had to get over to Mr. Prescott. He offered me $800,000. And they're like, oh, you took it? Because they're like, they're thinking we could save the house and maybe you could give us some money for these fucking trucks we about to lose. And he's like, nah, I didn't do that because, you know, I'm Tina Turner at the end of uh, What's Love Got to Do. I just want my name. I just want my name. I don't want nothing else. Well, I mean, Ike didn't have nothing else either. I want to get away from him too. You know what? Let me stop. I'm on a tangent. I'm on a tangent. I'm almost two hours into this. I got to go. Um, Melinda's pissed. First, she's so pissed, she's smoking cigarettes in the house. She just, we ain't seen Melinda smoke no fucking cigarettes and stuff when she real fucking mad. You know what? I didn't see her smoking a cigarette when she ran up on that RV. Maybe the cigarette was on, was in the uh, console or something like that. But if I was writing this, she, if we're going to make the cigarette, like, first of all, Taraji P. Henson looks great smoking a cigarette. She looks like a badass smoking a cigarette. Don't get me wrong on that. She needs to be, in all her roles, she needs to be smoking a cigarette. Even the hidden figures while she's, while she's doing math for NASA and, uh, Kevin Costner is building her a bathroom. That absolutely did not happen. By the way, that absolutely did not fucking happen. But in the, the hidden figures is based on a real story, but the Kevin Costner character did not build a bathroom, uh, or ripped out a bathroom so she could use it. But even in that, when she was like, I need access to the, to the security briefing, she should have been smoking a cigarette. She looks like a badass. But that said, if I was writing this, I was like, listen, we got Taraji P. Henson and, um, we, we got to use her. Okay. We've only had her in one other movie and she's willing to do this and she's willing to take the quote. I'm going to pay her. We need to use her and we need to make sure she's smoking a cigarette. I would have said, okay, well then let's have her smoke a cigarette every time she go out of control. And that way it's a visual clue. Even if she don't necessarily smoke the cigarette because she look cool as shit doing it, make her have her tap in a pack of cigarettes. Let's do it. Let's do that. Let's just and it'll be a visual signifier. Even if you don't necessarily know that, like, listen, she's about to go off the rails. She got her new ports. You need a writer's room, Mister Perry. You need a writer's room. All right. So, but she don't believe him about the $800,000. And if she does believe him, she thinks she's a fool. In fact, she calls him a motherfucking loser, which I think is probably harsher than anything else she's said about him. Um, to me, like, I think shut up is more rude than fuck you. And I think loser is more rude than, like, asshole or something like that. I've only called, like, people a loser in, like, very specific circumstances and... I don't know. Some people's just like, whatever, loser. But for me, it really means something. Um, she tells him to get out and that they're going to get a divorce. This is the last straw, I guess. She doesn't want, he doesn't want to leave. So she says, you know me. Remember that time I relocated that trailer of yours in my car and busted out my own ovaries? You better stop playing with me. So he left. That's not exactly what he said. That's what I heard. So three months later, she loses the house and the brother-in-law's help her move out. She's sitting on the side looking sad and Robert didn't even call to see how she was. Well, what's Robert doing? Well, he's getting a restaurant job, it looks like. A restaurant job he could have been got when they needed the... <laughs> and also, a thing to know is that Mr. Perry always has people go get restaurant jobs when they're at their lowest. When they down and out, it's a signifier that they broke. And that there's no way up to go but up because they they work in a restaurant. Did Mr. Perry work in a restaurant? I don't know. Remember that one where that lady got kicked out of her house on her anniversary? Her husband shows up. You guys... 
what the fuck is that name, that movie? Everybody quotes this fucking movie because the man shows up with his light-skinned new woman. It's like, I want you gone. I'm divorcing you. And I know we're very rich, but I have worked it out so that all you get are the shoes on your feet. Now leave right now. <laughs> and he leaves. And then so she go off. This the one. You know what? This the one with the, what's the dude from Criminal Minds. Shamar Moore. Shamar Moore is wearing um a lace front cornrows. If you don't know. <laughs> as soon as I said that, every black person listening to this went. I know the movie. <laughs> He's wearing lace. It's We never let it go that he was wearing lace front cornrows. So that's when she meets him while she's working the restaurant. Okay. And he works in a restaurant too, so that signifies he's down and out too. And what happens is that her husband, her ex-husband, because he gets divorced and he leaves her with nothing, um, and got himself a light-skinned girl. Um, I'll tell this. Uh, Tyler Tyler Perry is not necessarily... I'm not saying he's not a colorist. I'm not saying he doesn't have colorist tendencies. They don't show up in his movies. Um, when they do show up in his movies, it to me, it it's for the story. Like this person being light skin is, is necessary for this story. Um, but anyway, so she goes back, uh, cause her husband is paralyzed. I don't know how he got paralyzed. Maybe he fell down some stairs or some shit and she gonna have to take care of him. She washing his booty and shit all up, all up cleaning his butthole and shit like that. Um, and you know, feeding him oatmeal and chewing up his grapes for him to spit in his mouth. I don't, <laughs> maybe she didn't do that. <laughs> But that's what I envision her doing. And she taking care of him. After he put her out on the street and took all the shit. But all that to say, she had to work at a restaurant to show that she was down and out. So also, uh, fucking Robert sleeping in a shelter. Robert ain't got nowhere to go. And I was like, why don't Robert have anywhere to go? And I was like, yeah, I see why Robert doesn't have, like, he doesn't have a friend in the world. 20 years, he ain't even made a friend. Someone stole, steals his phone in the shelter. So he can't even call nobody. And Melinda is going out on dates. They setting up with a bald, light-skinned man who can pick up the check. And she sees, but then she looks over. And she sees, she looks in the kitchen. She can see right in the kitchen in this fancy restaurant. She looks over, she sees Robert in there washing dishes. And it doesn't, for a lot of people, they would have seen him washing dishes and been like, damn. All right. You know, that's, that's about what I expect. But... For Melinda, it makes her even matter. And maybe it's because he could have been washing dishes the whole time. I'm not sure. But that's when she says he owes her some money. He owes her $1,235,000. Excuse me. Let me say that again. $1,235,908.07. And that's the money he owes her from the $350,000 and also half of all the bills for all those years. Girl, you can't get half of the... Okay, whatever. So they go on to do the divorce. The sisters with the mouths are there. He's got no lawyer because he live in a shelter right now and wash dishes. And he begs Melinda to not divorce him. And she wants to give him his car and his clothes. Well, what else do y'all have? The house is gone. Y'all been broke this whole time. What else do you have? Um, Robert gets a little speech about how he never cheated on her. He's sorry. She cries that one thug tear, one thug tear down her cheek. And doesn't say anything. He signs the settlement. The voiceover. Melinda tells that she believes. That he didn't cheat on her. So what the fuck we doing here Melinda? You don't want to be with him. Because he. He's financially. 
incompetent and your life is very hard because he's been focused on one thing his entire life and you've had them clean up everything out there. Your life is bad because of that. Uh, Mr. Perry wants us also to believe that you busting up your ovaries also contributes to this. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Have you, have you got a second opinion? Are your ovaries busted up? Actually, she got a hysterectomy. So she don't have no ovaries, right? Girl, I don't, maybe I don't know shit about women's reproductive shit either. Not Googling it. Not doing it. Um, see, this is how Mr. Perry got here. He's like, not Googling it. Just going to say it. Uh, so <laughs> maybe we're the same, <laughs> but like, why not? Why, why do this divorce on the idea that he cheated on you when you don't believe he cheated on you? You could have divorced him just to say, for saying that like, the life I have with you is not the one I want. I feel like you've taken advantage of me financially. I feel like you have weaponized incompetence against me um, and spent your life on your hobby while I've had to work to maintain. And I don't want to do that anymore. That's fine enough. So now that she, he's all free, Robert gets in contact with Diana because he's still thinking of making that deal. He had to admit that his phone was stolen to shelter and he doesn't have anywhere to go. And Diane, cause he's calling from, he's calling from the dish area. He's, he's calling from the fucking kitchen, the dish pit. <laughs> I've never known a restaurant to have, have a rest, have a phone in like on the fucking line. But I can also see how that would be helpful too. Like, especially if it's like a smaller, that's not a smaller space, but if it's a smaller space where the person who's cooking is also like in charge of the restaurant, like being able to answer the phone would be great. But anyway, he's in a dish pit, uh, fucking calling her. He says he doesn't have anywhere to go. Diana says, I'm coming to get you and clicks up the phone and takes off into the night like a Batman in a kinky curly wig, girl. She is gone. She's coming to get him. And you know, Melinda is over there feeling sad as shit while her, while her sisters are celebrating her divorce. She even got a new man there with her and she is extremely fucking unhappy. And I think it, what it is is that she thought she was going to be happy when Robert was gone, but she, she can't let go what happened how she feels that she was used. So after Diana picks up Robert, she sets him up with a bath. We see his big old booty. He, he had a nice butt. And she tells him that with, he, you know, he, he had a little stallion on him, a little stallion air in there. <laughs> Rest in peace, real. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> and she tells him that some that sometimes when someone falls out of your life, maybe they're supposed to. Maybe they can't go to the level you're going. Maybe you're supposed to leave them behind. And she's like, got a little, she's got a little thug tear while she's saying that she's like, got her back to the wall while he's in the shower. So we're getting one shot with her with her back to the wall saying this with her thug tear. And um, well, maybe she, maybe they weren't thug tears. Maybe they were thugette tears. There was a couple of them. Um. Um, he's taking a bath and you just know she got that shit off of Chloe Kardashian's Instagram two days after she broke up with Tristan and three days before she got back together with him. <laughs> this is the type of shit she posts every time. <laughs> so the next morning, Diana lets him sleep in because she called the restaurant and quit his job for him. And we all shot. We like Diana motherfuckers homeless. What you doing? And, but it turns out. She's also got a check for $75 million. Okay, $75 million. And a contract for him to sign. Because yes, that's a thing we do. We, (laughs) 
We have not agreed to the terms or executed the contract, but I'm going to give you a fucking check for $75 million. That looked like an actual check. That bitch looked like a check, like, you know, with dolphins on it. Like a check you write for for books at the book fair at school. That looked like one of them checks. That is not a certified check. That is, uh, $75 million comes in a wire, baby. That's not how it goes. You do not go down to Chase Bank with a $75 million check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining me rolling up in the drive-thru talking about I got a deposit. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> we'll send it through. I send it through. They're like, ma'am, it says $75 million. It does. It does say, could you just put that in checking? You know what? Could you put like $2 million in savings? <laughs> <laughs> and also, in my experience, and my experience is not total experience, I understand that. Like, I'm sure someone here is going to, like, I'm going to get a message or a Patreon comment that's like, you know, I once got $75 million and it was in quarters. So, I don't know what you're talking about, princess. And I'll be like, you know what? Can I borrow a dollar? But, like, <laughs> but also, it wouldn't be $75 million. Like, see, this is the thing. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry does movies like their plays. And you understand why he does them. Because that's where he came from. And in a play, this would... This would like, there's a certain um, uh, amount of, um, I can't think of the word, but like, it's not real in a play, like, right? Because we're, we're on the stage and we have to like make do with the fact that, that we can't show you the real water and we can't, you know what I mean? So like, we have to give you the impression. And so it's a little bit more artistic in that way. And like, you know... Maybe you gotta, maybe you gotta show up with a set with a big seventy-five million dollar check to sing. Like, I don't know. There's a little bit of looseness in stage productions that you don't necessarily get in the movie, and you know, I just like in my experience, you also wouldn't get a check for seventy-five million dollars. You would get, you would get a wire of this amount on this day and this amount due this day and this amount due in two years. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that. It's not. million liquid right now? I mean, maybe, maybe. But this took me out of the moment, to be honest. I was like, okay, did she sign your name while you were asleep? Like, how did she get the fucking check? He hasn't even agreed to the terms. But one of the good terms is this. It's licensed. He keeps the IP, which is great. So he cries in her arms and they go to Golden Corral. I didn't see that, but that's what I used to do when I was poor and I used to get a lick. Be like, oh, Golden Corral, here we go. And so <laughs> I would have went to Golden Corral and I would have went to Walmart and bought underwear. That's what I would have done when I was poor. So <laughs> million dollars on Walmart underwear. Let's do it. So, <laughs> so now Robert shows back up at Melinda's job. I don't know if it's the same day or what. It can't be the same day, but it might be. Because he's a $75 million man now, okay? The check cleared. Okay, he's sweet talking her and she's surly. She's like, what you doing here? I don't, we not getting back together. I hate you, which I don't get because what we didn't, what we saw the other night, she just fucked that dude that's supposed to be tall and bald and handsome and can, and do whatever. I guess he just can't fuck. And she said, and she said she missed Robert, right? He said she missed Robert. So here he is. So since you miss him, what you over here talking about? What you doing here, Robert? Just be like, I miss you, Robert. I don't get it. 
He tells her he signed a deal and then he gives her $10 million. And she said, he says she took care of him and loved him. And that doesn't, and that he doesn't blame her for leaving. He loves her and always will. And also he bought her mama's house back and he gives her the key. And then he forehead kisses her, gives her flowers and leaves. And that's when Melinda starts doing the Dougie, right? No, no, that's not what actually would happen. Okay. She just sit there mad. I would have started dancing. I have never had somebody pay me $10 million for wasting my fucking time. Okay. In a relationship. I would feel like Mariah Carey who sends invoices. I would, when you waste her time, I would love that. I would have got that to me. Me and Rob would be best fucking friends. I would fuck somebody else. And me and Rob would be hanging out. He got $75 million, baby. Me and Robert, we go on his yacht. Me and Robbie, but we would never get back together. And I would have, or maybe I wouldn't even talk to Robert. Maybe I'd just go to Golden Crown, get me some Walmart panties and call it a fucking day. I don't fucking know. But I surely wouldn't be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> That's not what I would say. She just said he owes her one million and some change. He gave you ten. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm I'm all on Melinda's side. I do feel like she got fucked. And I do feel like, like a lot of this stuff, I'd be like, damn, like, why is it like this? Like, I too would be upset, you know? But like, I don't get it. I wish I did. I wish I did understand, like, why this makes her so mad. Because she missed out on the 75 million. You broke up with him. And I'm, and you know, I'm trying to practice more gratitude and that means focusing on the things I have rather than things I don't have. Being excited for, being grateful and happy for where I am and just excited for what comes next. It's really hard. It's a mindfulness practice that's difficult for a surly person like myself. But that said, before Robert walked in the door, I was living with my sisters. I lost my mama's house. That was important to all of us. And I spent 20 years taking care of this man. I felt like I lost this money and I felt like, at 20 years old, I could have taken $350,000 $350, and a paid off house and created a life that I wanted as opposed to this, which I've been doing back-breaking back work and taking care of this man for 20 years. That's where we started before he showed up. Now he's here and I got $10 million and a fucking apology and an acknowledgement of the things I did for him. And he got back the house that... He lost for me. Not that he, I mean, we lost it together. But the fact, I mean, he didn't put up gun to my head to mortgage the fucking house. And and the the 20 years of us fucking up, like, I feel like it's more his fault than mine, but like we did it together. But he bought that outside of the $10 million to give it back to me to apologize. I feel like most people would have gotten this and then been like, okay, we're even. You know what I mean? It's weird. All right, well, she goes home and she throws down the $75 million check and uh, she tells them everything that Robert finally hit his lick and did all of those things he said he was going to do. And then she calls her sister some miserable bitches and says they, don't ha they aren't happy with their own men. One of them has a baby three towns over and the other one they say is gay. She didn't say gay. She said, well, you know what they say about him. So, you know. Being gay is the worst thing in the world in a, Ty in a Tyler Perry movie. Um, then she tells her new man to go home and never call 
her again because he is terrible in bed. He snores and is too tall to have a dick that small. I mean, she is scorching earth. Okay, you could have just said, I don't think it's going to work out. You know, geez, take a page from Ariana Grande. And then she walks out. I don't even think she took that check with her. I, you just threw the check on the table. And you know, when she threw the check on the table, they were like, oh, we've never had this much money before. So, uh, w- when did you get that much money? It was actually 10 million. I think I said 75 million. But when when did you get $10 million? Because I, I don't think you have $10 million now. I have $10 million. And I've always ca- already called the bank and the check is good. I don't know. She mad. So where does Melinda go? To Robert's new apartment, which she found from the from the address on the check, which means this did not happen the day after he got his $75 million. This happened sometime later. Um, it's in the building that he pointed out saying, we're going to live together in. And she comes in all smiling and talking nice. Robert opens the door. He's in a tux. You don't know he's in a tux, girl? You're like, mm, this is nice. Oh, oh, the view. Mm-hmm. You look good. Mm-hmm. You don't, people don't just wear a tux to stay home. Where the fuck he going? Ask questions, Melinda. Ask questions. I need to make a t-shirt. It just says, ask questions. Because some of y'all don't be asking no fucking questions. Um, so then she takes off her, her jacket and she's got lingerie underneath there. And that's when Diana walks in looking good. Diana's body is snatched. Diana looks great. And Robert says, uh, baby, baby, um, this is Melinda, my ex-wife. She know Melinda. Melinda was behind the the wheel of that Jeep that top, that tussled her down the hill like Jack and Jill. <laughs> she don't remember that. <laughs> she know Melinda. <laughs> So, you know, Melinda runs out. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Robert, why did you come to her job telling you love her? I thought you was trying to get back together with her. Well, did I misunderstand? Maybe me and Melinda both misunderstood. Because I thought he was like, I just want to tell you I love you, baby. Here's your stuff. You know, you did the best you could for me. And I just blah, 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 blah. I think. I thought he was trying to get back together with her. But. Why was you trying to get back together when you knew you had tickets to the opera with the new chick or the old chick, the new chick girl? I, I Melinda, this would have embarrassed the fuck out of me. I, I would never uh, wear coats again because one time I opened my coat and there was lingerie underneath and I got embarrassed the fuck out of, I would never go through doors anymore. Cause the one time I went through a door and on the other side, I embarrassed the fuck out of myself. <laughs> I'd only climb through windows. <laughs> I would never. So she's been humiliated again with the same woman. The new woman is living her new life and she's going crazy talking to herself about how the new bitch is not going to win. She's made it into that. That girl has stolen what was her. So she goes home to her mama's house and starts to stalk, uh, everybody online. Uh, she is, she's dancing funny and, uh, with a red light bulb on. I don't smoking cigarettes inside. I don't know. A neighbor walks by, sees her in the window and just like, they let anybody live in this neighborhood. <laughs> so, but from her per- perch on social media, Melinda sees that Robert takes Diana to Paris the way he planned to take her to Paris. Uh, that she buying a wedding dress from the same place that uh, Melinda always wanted to buy a wedding dress from. The same dress. The same dress. I don't know if it's the same dress. If it's the same dress, that seems like on purpose. 
And then uh, he buys a boat. And she sees a video of him presenting to her. And it's called Mrs. Gale. For Mrs. Gale. The new one, not the old one. And she's commenting on their pictures and videos and sending messages and basically being on hinge in all ways. And she's commenting as a username pissed. Okay. And then Melinda decides to sue them. She says that the deal happened before the divorce. We all know it didn't. It's very easy to explain that it didn't. Although I don't know if Melinda realizes that because uh, he comes in and says they had a deal for $800,000 at this time. Like maybe she thinks that's when the deal was made. I mean, it might be an honest mistake. It might not. It might also not be. Also, Diana finally tells Robert about the harassment. And Robert's like, I'm going to go talk to her. It's going to be fine. I'm going to talk to her. You know, maybe I can give her some real money. Maybe she needs more. And Diana's like, no, we don't negotiate with terrorists. No, no, you've done what you should have done, Robert. <laughs> okay, okay. I To be, I, like, to be fair, I honestly think that at this point, Melinda's thought process is really off. And for whatever reason. And I don't think like $10 million is a lot of money. I don't think that, and I think it was a gift. I don't think she's going to pay. Well, you know what, girl, don't, don't get me lying about taxes and get y'all in jail. <laughs> don't get me lying. Don't get me lying. <laughs> but, but, um, $10 million, she can, you know, spruce up her mom's house, quit her job and figure out what she actually wants to do. Uh, maybe, again, I don't know if Mr. Perry saying this or this is the character, but if she wants to adopt a child, she can. If she doesn't, she doesn't have to. She can get a fucking dog. I don't know. $10 million is, is gives you a lot of cushion to figure out what you want your life to be. Okay. And I think that that's like, but yeah, I don't think that 15 million would change. Like it's not significantly changed. I mean, I, I'd like the extra 5 million. If you're going to give me an extra $2, go ahead and give that to me. But I don't think it would significantly change how she feels. Meanwhile, over at mama's house, the sisters and the friends showed up checking on Melinda and they find she's sleeping on a dirty mattress on the floor with pictures of the happy couple with the eyes scratched out like serial killer. She got knives in the pick girl. I'm assuming this is all happening while Melinda's at court. It can't be happening while Melinda's at court because they're at court with Melinda. So what did they do? They broke it and just went home? I'm not sure. The next scene is a court scene and Melinda gets spanked. Girl, spanked in court. <laughs> um, the the It's clear the deal happened after the divorce and the judge is like, he gave you two. Let me get this straight. And he lays it all out and is like, girl, you asked for the divorce. You stupid and you lucky for what you got. So then the defense lawyer says, and okay, great. Um, great. Thank you for uh, ruling on this, um, this, this matter. Uh, we have another thing on the docket. I'm like, are you, we also have a restraining order. And I'm like, this is not how this would work, but okay, fine. Um, could you grant us a restraining order because she's being mean to the future Mrs. Gale on the internet and the judge is like, yep, let me do that. Stay 300 yards away from them. So of course, as soon as the gavel goes, she runs after them, chasing them. Everybody trying to hold her back. She gets on live. I don't know what on live she is. What She's not on Instagram live. She's on TikTok. I'm not sure. The interface looks like Minesweeper. 
Remember that game that was on every fucking computer in the 90s and half of us didn't even know how to fucking play? I didn't know how to play it until very recently when somebody tweeted the rules. I was like, girl, I was just clicking things. It looks like Minesweeper that she's on. But she don't lie talking about how how that bitch stole her man and she chasing them and the sisters are trying to talk her down. And then she finds out that they went to her house and she's pissed. I mean, she is, well, she was already pissed. That was the username she was using to harass people. So, But she extra pissed now, okay? And next we see Robert and Diana visiting sisters. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. They say they're about to do a Britney on her, the sisters. They're like, we gonna get, we, we locking her up. Um, she doing too much. We're going to lock her up and then make her do a residency and take all her money. Um, and, but they said, well, we just wanted to bring you over here to tell you to be careful. Be careful. Robert thinks the restraining order will save him because he's a man. He doesn't realize how often restraining orders are worthless. Okay. What you going to do? Show him the paper. And he says she'll be fine once she calms down. The sister says, if you think that, you don't know her at all. Okay, well then show us some other instances in which she, her anger, show it to us. Because that's what you're showing us. But Melinda shows up. And she sees that the, did, did y'all let him come here and bring that bitch with him? She's mad. And the Mouthy sisters are like, well, you know, don't get upset, Melinda. Don't get upset. But listen, this couldn't have been an email or a fucking text message. Why did you invite them over here to tell them to be careful? That's weird. Why didn't you? Weren't you just at the fucking courthouse? Weren't you? Did I miss it? Did I miss it? Weren't you at the courthouse? Um... You couldn't have just yelled out, be careful, Robert. You didn't, you didn't, you, didn't, you couldn't say it. Girl. <sighs> Listen, Melinda is upset. She tries to fight them as Robert and Diana run off. So, so, you know, Tyler, Tyler Perry needs a writer's room. That's what I wrote in my notes here. Make sure Tyler Perry gets a fucking writer's room. See if we can sue uh, Congress to see if they will act on forcing Tyler Perry to get a fucking writer's room. Okay, so Melissa goes down to the boutique. The boutique. Where the dresses are. The dress, she was going to this boutique to get her dress. I don't know when she was broke. And, um... <laughs> she's, and, um... This is where Diana's dress is. And guess what? Very convenient. Diana's dress is back from wherever they took it to get altered. They don't alter in the back of the fucking boutique, baby. So it's back from wherever it went. I don't think Tyler Perry's ever bought a wedding dress. And 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 not only, this is very convenient. Not only is it back, instead of being in the in the literal back of the store, hung up and labeled, you know, in this, in this garment bag and labeled so that somebody can pick it up. No, 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 no. They just put it out front on a garment rack. You know, where everybody else is when they're looking at dresses. So um, Melinda goes on over to it. Sneaks on over. Um, unzips it and pours acid on it. And how did I know it was acid? Because it was coming from a bottle labeled acid. I zoomed in. It said acid on it. She had a bottle that said acid on it. Cool. And so she puts it in. <laughs> she pours it all over the dress and the dress starts smoking. She runs out. And they actually like, hey, get that lady. And it 
and immediately cuts back to court. <laughs> Melinda. <laughs> Damn, you need a writer's room too. Somebody need to come with these plans, baby. We need to work on these plans. So the judge apologizes to Diana and says, and 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 she's like, I'm sorry you've been going through this because, you know, for some reason we have a very good relationship. I just feel really bad for you that you have to deal with this crazy woman over here, this hysterical woman over here. And, I, you know, she don't have no fucking ovaries. I don't know why she's still hysterical. I thought that's where the hysteria came from. That's why they call it a hysterectomy. But, you know, I'm just an old white man judge. I don't know. But I'm sorry, Diana. I'm so sorry. And Diana said, it's okay. I couldn't fit the dress anyway. This little one is growing. Diana. You know that bitch can't have kids. You know it. I fucking know it. Robert definitely told you. <laughs> but, you know, I guess she's like, you know, I've been through a lot already. It's time for me to get sassy. <sighs> Melinda gets court ordered to therapy. This is what this this is we going back to the beginning, okay? When she got court ordered therapy, the therapist is asking if she knows about uh, um, borderline personality disorder, and Melinda immediately says, "Fuck you and this bullshit," which is honestly how I would react whenever time because if you if you knew um, how uh, borderline personality disorder is misdiagnosed and also. Uh, mostly diagnosed in women and how it's like people just throwing that, sh that label around and shit. Uh, yeah, I, I that's how I react whenever somebody says some shit like that too. But yeah, so Melissa get up and leave. Robert and Diana, they get married, okay? And they go on that damn boat. You know, the Mrs. Gale. Melinda tries to leave. You know, to go, uh, I guess, to go fuck up their wedding. But her sister's in the front or out front. They done locked in her car. They, they done bumped in her car, bumper to bumper, so she can't go. She's look. She go back in. Then she go out, try to go out the back door. The brothers-in-law's out back playing spades. Guess they don't have no job no more. Remember, they lost all their business. Okay. Did did she get the $10 million? And, um, did she give some to them so they could save their business? Did she do that? I wonder. She didn't buy no furniture because she's still on the front. She's still on the dirty mattress on the floor. All she got was a red light bulb and a and a radio so she could dance. So we don't see Melinda leave. What we hear is someone go, Melinda, Melinda. So I'm I'm assuming they can't find her. And then we cut. That's when we cut to um the boat. All right. So we now at the boat. Uh, you know. Uh, Diana and Robert, they just laying around. They got all these staff members. All the staff members are white. And they just running around trying to keep this boat going. It's a very nice boat. I mean, I shouldn't be calling a boat. It's a yacht. I think I think boating people get upset when you call things boats and ships and yachts that aren't. But um, it's, it looks very nice. Uh, if I watched uh, fucking uh, Below Deck, I, I'm sure I'd be like, that. I, let me tell you what kind of yacht that is. Um... So, you know, it's nighttime and there, and Diana's like, I'm going to start a bath and you can join me. And, you know, she go down to the living area down below and she go and she, she asks one of the staff members, have they seen her wedding dress? And they go, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the closet, ma'am. She says, I didn't see it. And while she's down there, starting the bath and getting herself ready, Melinda appears on the boat. 
in a long, kinky, curly wig with a gun. Oh, and that's where the wedding dress went. She's wearing Diana's wedding dress. Oh, and the bitch is dry as a bone. Which brings me to this. How the fuck she get on that boat? How the fuck she get on that boat? She didn't swim there. Not in that wig. The boat, the, it's all out there too. She couldn't have swim that far. So like the thing is, is like, I feel like, keep, correct me if I'm wrong. If, uh, if she got there in another boat, we would have seen the boat. They would have been like, oh, boats are per- approaching us. Um, did she go in a helicopter, one of them quiet ass helicopters? Did she jump from one of those? Was she on the boat already? Before it left. But we saw her at the house. And the way y'all put this together made it seem like she was at the house as the wedding was going. How did she get on the fucking boat, y'all? How did she get on the boat? She did not swim, not in that wig. She didn't do it. Did she put the wig in a little plastic bag and tie it to her leg and swim? What did she do? So she, so she, the bitch got a gun and she pointed it at Robert and she lays it all out why she's going to kill him. And he says he never cheated on her, that he loves her. And she says, good, then make her jump off the boat or we'll start a life together and that heifer would drown. I don't know if she said heifer, but all the black women in my life, when they get upset, they'd be like heifer. So that's why, you know, I, I threw that in there and he tries to reason with her and she shoots him. Now, all that has happened. Apparently, all this staff was just standing there. Because as soon as she shoots Robert, she just started turning around shooting people. They was just standing there. They wasn't somewhere else. She started shooting them, telling them to get off the boat. She said, she's going to shoot them. They jump off the boat. Now, Melinda downstairs, right? Remember Melinda downstairs? And she looking out the window. She see this, a bunch of white people flying through the air. To, they just flying, tumbling through the air. Melinda, that don't seem strange to you? Oh, you're going to go investigate. That's interesting because I would have got on the dinghy and left. But fine. She go upstairs. She climbing up them stairs. She's dressed beautifully, though. She's got this really cute, like, kind of, like, sheer dress. And then she's got, like, um, some sort of, like, brief. I don't know if those are swim things or whatever. She's She looks gorgeous. Fucking gorgeous. Um, little does she know that she should have been wearing like uh, fucking Nikes and some shorts because she's going to be doing a lot of moving in a minute. So she goes up the stairs. She sees Melinda. And then she look and start running right back down the stairs. Melinda start chasing her. First smart thing you fucking did, Diana. I'll take that back. Robert's a dumb dumb, not Diana. Um, you know, and, and Melinda chases her and she ends up confronting her and telling her to take off the ring. And, Mel- and Diana's like, what ring? <laughs> I think she was stalling. Because the way she said, what ring? I would have popped her in the head with that fucking gun. She, I think she was stalling because Robert is shot and is, and is trying to get to them. And he's stumbling around with a gunshot wound coming for her. And eventually he throws himself at Melinda and knocks her into the water. Now, y'all, that is not Taraji P. Henson in that water. <laughs> That is not Taraji P. Henson in that fucking water. That wasn't a kinky curly wig either, but let's pretend. All right, Melinda's in the water. So Robertson's dying up to get the boat moving. He tells her, like, what to do with the controls. I guess, I guess not only do he know batteries, he know boats too. And he tells her to get the crew because they're in the water. He says to go save them. So she runs over to a little boat that was attached to the big boat. Looks like a power boat too, so... And while she's off doing that, Robert looks over to the side. 
And why is Melinda back on the boat? How the fuck she get back on the boat? At least this time she wet. At least this time the wig is wet and somebody done, sp done splashed Taraji P. Henson with some water. At least it looks like she been in the fucking water. Well, Melinda gets an axe and is chasing, bleeding, dying Robert through the boat. He's trying to go fast because he's bleeding and she walking slow like Michael Myers and she's swinging that axe like she fucking Harley Quinn. You know how she swing down her little weapon that's like a double thing? Yeah. Now, at some point, I thought she hit him with the axe, but I can't be sure. I thought she made contact with him a couple times. Can't be sure. Cause while she's standing there, girl, she get caught up in the um in the chain from the anchor and gets thrown right off the fucking boat. She get this time for good. She we see her floating. And it did look a lot like Taraji. I don't know how that happened though. Was this green screen? This was better than green screen than the other one. But um presumably it drowns her. You know how I know Robert is a dumb dumb? Or oh, I've been knowing he was a dumb dumb. But even as she's being ripped off the boat, he tries to save her. He reaches for her. And that's, that's another thing I want to point out. So I watched his whole story and like, kind of like, you know, Mr. Perry is like, your punishment for not, for not controlling your anger is that you can't have kids. And also you, your punishment for daring to finally get mad and break up with this dude is that he gets $75 million the moment he leaves you. And, but that's her fatal flaw. And I and and I know that like when Melinda's doing the voiceover and telling us like what happened, that it's like Robert did this to me, Robert did that to me, Robert, Robert, Robert. And but I'm gonna say that based on the way it's acted, it doesn't seem like he did it on purpose. I would say his fatal flaw is that he's stupid. It seemed like he's stupid. I think that's what it is. I think that like it never occurred when he was like, I'll try to get a job. I guess it's going to be hard, but I'll try. It never occurred to him. Well, if you don't get a job, who going to do it? He really, maybe he's so stupid. He really was asking the question like, what am I going to do if I have to take the bus to go to the meeting? I think that's what it is. Because after he gets what he's, what he, 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 he catches his lick. He is very nice to uh, Melinda in a way that if he was a villain, he wouldn't have been. You know what I mean? And then he keeps saying dumb things like, maybe we should talk to her. Oh, we just got a restraining order. Everything will be fine. Like, shit like that. And so I'd like to, I'd also like to talk, circle back to that research. Are you sure you did all that by yourself, Robert? Because you dumb. She chased you. She chased it. She chased you. She she hit you with an axe. She shot you. She done knocked all those white people off the fucking boat to drown. Because, I mean, you can only tread water for so long. And, uh, you, uh, you still trying to save her? You still? Okay. Dumb. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he died. We see the crew working on him on the deck because uh, Diana comes back with the crew. So, and they're and they're like, oh, let's save him. I mean, they don't look like none of them know how to do CPR. They're just looking at him and fattening him. But I don't know that he needs CPR. He got a gunshot wound. I don't know. Imagine you just taking a nap somewhere. I always thought about this. Like, what if I just, like, fell out somewhere and opened my eyes and somebody's mouth was on mine blowing it. <laughs> 
And it turned out like I fainted or something. I'm like, I'm, I don't have anything in my airways. Please leave me alone. <laughs> but um, it looks like he dies. I mean, that they, they pan up from it and don't tell us. But this is what I think happens. I think Melinda out there dies. I think, ooh, ooh, ooh. You know what? They should do an acrimony too. I just said it was a bad movie. But they should do an acrimony too. Robert dies. Diana has to raise the baby alone. And she just and also she just inherited $75 million. Okay. So she's trying to live her life and move on. And suddenly one day we walk in. Yeah, she's walking the baby or something. And out of the corner of our eye, we see Melinda. Melinda has decided she survived somehow. And she decided that's her baby. And she come to take what's hers. Woo! Come on now. Now, if Mr. Perry, if you could hire a writer's room, please put me in it. Because let's do it. Let's do an off-the-wall version of The Hand of Rocks the Cradle, which is already an off-the-wall version of But let's do that. And help me help you to close some of these plot holes. And I'll let's, let, we'll work it out. Me and you will work it out to figure out how it is that Melinda survived. Okay, and then how she figured, you know, come on, let's do it. You and me, let's do it. Call me, Mr. Perry, call me. <laughs> That's the end, guys. Um, I had, as you can see by how long this was, I had a lovely time doing this. Uh, Mandy, thank you so much for sponsoring this. I hope this is what you were looking for. Um, in this edition of Princess Tells You What Happened in a Movie, <laughs> I had a good time. Um, I'll see you guys on the main feed episode. Later.